remember in Sling Blade when he says, I don't got nothing more to say about that. I got nothing more to say about my recent run. Ugh, 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 horrible. Luckily, not so bad. To my left, A.J. Hoffman. To my right, Faz, who's 57% on the year with his pregame uh, all-access picks and doing pretty fine here. Who was your best bet? I brought the team down. I had Miami and San Francisco as but, my top two picks last week. But Friday week. night, you came with the Eagles. Or Saturday night, you had the Eagles with us. Mm-hmm. You know, that helped. That was our one winner. But you were, I mean, in general, you've been given some winners. Like, listen, when you're 57% on all your picks, if you're picking one here, one here, one here, one here, sometimes it's going to be higher, sometimes it's going to be lower. But when you're when that center line is 57, you're doing pretty well. Absolutely, and it's above where we where I you told me 55 percent. I'll take it every year. Yes, I'm not. So here's what I'm. I don't see it right now. I don't see it. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be honest about that, and I'm picking only three games this week. I have a five, a four, a three. I'm not even picking a two and a one. These guys generally are seeing it better. They're going to have their normal 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. 0 for 3 with our derivatives. I try to take you off that one, Fed. Uh, and I, I take full blame for the derivatives last week. And no, no, no. Was... I like the other ones. I like the – listen, Tom Brady is um, – I almost – it's like everything – it's like everything that you ever have learned about handicapping – that's not what happened. Like, a 44 years old, off the biggest game in years, you know, the I, same defense. So the defense has a chance. And you could say, oh, advantage Brady, except the defense has a chance to see how Brady reacted. And, and, and what was the score in the fourth quarter? It was seven in the fourth? Yeah, seven-point game. I mean, I mean, at that point, we were, what, probably 50-50 to cover? Yeah, exactly. But if anything, well. They were driving, so. But there had to be a point it was seven. They weren't driving, <laughs> right, right? Right, right, So at that point, what were we? Oh, we're probably 60% late in the third quarter when they got Miami, um, Tampa Bay ball up seven. Yeah. So bad beat. <laughs> <laughs> sure. What are you, why are you laughing? Bad beat. I'm going to stop my feet, go out of my room, and just sleep and act like I, I don't exist. That's the plan after the pod. <laughs> Showtime! Woo! Best bet, Steve Fezzik. All right, number five, New England Patriots, plus the three and a half. Let me make my case here. I'm not even going to talk about how good the Cowboys are first. Hold on a second. Is this a crossfire? It is. Maybe mention that, huh? Sorry. Mm. Are you okay? You're on a diet. Is the low sugar causing you to be logy? What's logy? Look it up. Logy is like. How do you spell like, that? I don't know how to spell it. <laughs> L O G G Y. How am I supposed to? How am I supposed to I look it up? L O G G Y. That's loggy. I got the New England L-O-G-Y. Patriots. Hold on a second. L O G Y. Yes, sir. Thank you. What's it say? Uh, it says dull and heavy in motion or thought. Exactly. Logie. Sluggish. Sluggish. You're Logie. Maybe I am. I don't know. <laughs> Did I feel that way on the radio show today? No, but a little bit ago, 
you go, should we print out what Mary sent us? It's like, well, yeah. It's like, oh, all right. It's like it was like you were like upset. You had to no, print something because you said, well, you're the host of the show. But last week I printed it out and you said, well, I'll read this. Well, that's what I'm saying is we might as well have the A talent read it. But it doesn't mean I print it out. Go ahead, Fed. All right. So I have the Patriots as a dead average team right now. They're two and three. All right. They could have won a couple games that they lost. They could have lost a game that they won. That Miami game looks worse. It does look worse, but they dominated the stats. Call them an average team. I don't think many people would be in a disagreement. RJ, I think you'd agree, Miami. I New England. disagree that they're, that they're an average team. You'll get your chance. Well, listen. Yeah, good point. <laughs> I've got... Uh, it's five or six power ratings here. Here's the rankings. 19, 18, 16, 18, 18. So they're right at average, maybe a slightly this below. All right, so let's make them an average team just to make the math easier. Let's say they're playing the best team in the NFL. Won't even name who it might be, all right? I have the best team, six and a half Tom points. Tom freaking Brady, probably. Six and a half points better. Actually, I have Buffalo, but Tampa, too. I have both those teams, six and six and a half points better than average team. Call it six, all right? So if they were playing New England at home against one of these two teams, there's a six-point difference in power ratings. We give New England two for the home field advantage, and we make the spread four. So if they're playing the elite team in the NFL, the line should be four. They're not playing the most elite team in the NFL. They're playing the Cowboys. Yes, the Cowboys are 5-0 and against the spread. And because of that, I think this point, point spread is inflated. I had the Cowboys three and a half better than an average team. So clearly worse in Buffalo, clearly worse in Tampa Bay. I think everyone would agree, or almost everyone would agree with that. Given that's the case, there's no way you can justify this line being north of three. I'm taking New England plus the three and a half. When we say that New England's an average, what's, what's New England's best win for this average team? What's their best win? Almost beating Tampa Bay when they well, idiot what's, kicker missed the, the field goal. What's the best win they've got? So, so what, their, their best data point is a loss. That, that's that, true. That can happen. And that's an average team. Like, they beat the Jets and they beat the Texans, two of the consensus three worst teams in the league. And they it, it took a, an act of God to beat the Hold Texans. Hold on a second. Detroit Jets, Houston, Jacksonville. Oh, yeah, it made three of the four consensus. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I forgot about the Lions. I just don't know that the Patriots are – if they weren't called the Patriots – we wouldn't call them an average team. If they were wearing Lions helmets, we would say, oh, they're, they're not very good. I will bet right now that the Patriots over under 500 for the rest of the year that they'll have a winning record. Let me look at their schedule. I didn't even look at the schedule. I, I'm not, I'm not going to take it because they've got Dolphins. So you really don't believe what Dolphins, you Jags, Jets. Like they're they're Falcons. Their but if they're a well below if they're a well below average team, I'm telling you, their schedule is littered with bottom feeders. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I, I, and it really is. I mean, they they get and God, they lost to the Dolphins, which is is unfathomable to me now. If they're if they're the an idiot running team. back fumbled in the red zone. Well, it's so they got an idiot running back, an idiot kicker. <laughs> you got a bunch of idiots on that team. It seems. And yet they're still average. Let, let, let me jump in about a point I think that agrees with AJ. Let's forget for a minute the Tampa game because that was obviously a very emotional game. Let's agree to the following. Belichick, good years or bad years, gets better as the season progresses. So I, don't, I think I have more optimism for the year, the season. 
But what optimism do we have now for this game number six? And here's my question. If we accept Tampa was just different, what was their most impressive game other than that? I mean, it's like... The Jets game, when they crushed the Jets. They beat the Jets? They did. They, they beat Zach Wilson in oh, his well, second okay, start. Okay, they did dominate them. For some reason, I was thinking of last year, when when they late in the year they had the Jets and they only won by like four or something. Twenty five six was the final. Yeah, that's the game so where Zach Wilson threw nice, five picks. That's a nice. Well, yeah, that's what a good defense does. I mean, yeah, I see you. I see you. Here's here's my other question. How much better is Tampa Bay than Dallas? Because the line was seven all week in that game. I've got them two and a half better. So that means the line should be four and a half. If right. you believe the line against Tampa should have been well, seven. This is efficient market theory, right? I mean, to some degree, it's not easy to beat the NFL side. <laughs> sure. Right? Sure. But even if it's six and a half, it doesn't make the case that this line's inflated. Right? It gets it right to the line, pretty much. Yeah. So, go ahead, AJ. Yeah, I, I think the, the biggest difference in, in Dallas is, and we knew Dallas, well, we just... We didn't know because we thought Dak would be rusty. He's clearly not. But it's not a healthy Dak means the passing offense is good. I think what nobody expected was them to be a dominant running football team. And that's a problem for the Patriots. The, the Patriots are not stopping the run very well. This field, Would you have any numbers to back that up? I, they're 22nd in DVOA against the run. And th their numbers are better but DVOA. You think they're about 22nd as a team, right? I do. So they're not any worse at that than anything else? I, I don't know if 20, I think probably 20th is where I've got the Patriots. Pursuant to what AJ said, though, there are some really good numbers on Zeke. I think he's gone for 340 the last three weeks at six yards per crack. So here's a guy, remember, that was, it wasn't even get, able to get the NFL average of 4.2, and now he's running for 50% better than it. And the Cowboys, third in rushing DVOA, third in rushing YPP. I think if you'd asked at the beginning of the season if that was going to be Dallas, everybody would have said no, no freaking way five games into the season, does Zeke look like this? And he's been dominant. The Cowboys' defense isn't great, but what they are doing is, I, I know you'll say this is luck, RJ, they are turning teams over at a rate that luck. I don't know that it can be considered lucky anymore. When the same luck. guy gets an interception in every single game. That guy digs, he's going to get 20 by the year. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, okay. I mean, clearly there's something to it. it, it and I know it's bad luck. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That it's not clearly there's something to it. It's clearly he's a good player. How many good players get a lot of interceptions in a year? He's not Deion Sanders. He's not. Uh, if he is, we haven't seen enough proof of that yet. Agreed. So he's what? One of the top 12 cornerbacks in the league? 14? Where, where is he? I'd say currently he's probably in the top 12. Okay. And, and how many interceptions do you expect from the top 12, each of them individually in a given week? Like one of them. Not zero, right? <laughs> I mean, so what I'm saying is he's having a good year and it makes the defense better. But here's the thing. This is not debatable is the math guys that have gone back and said, is there a correlation between turning the ball over one year and the next? And it just does not happen. I mean, it, I'm not saying it doesn't happen sometimes. I'm saying there is no mathematical correlation. So is, do you think there's a correlation when that you turn the ball over more when you have a rookie quarterback versus a second year quarterback or a third when, year? When you're the opponent. Well, I, I know I'm just asking like, because on the other side of the ball, the Patriots are turning the ball over a lot. I don't think well, it's Mac Jones isn't turning the ball over. 
Mac Jones has five interceptions, won a game. I mean, is it five? How many of those were? That's interesting. How many? T- McKenzie, look up how many turnover-worthy plays Mac Jones has. Okay. The Pats have turned it over nine times. That's the third most in the. Oh, league. I know they've been fumbling, but again, I don't. I don't think Mac Jones and turnovers are. And again, if he's got five turnover-worthy plays. I'm going to be surprised, so let's just wait and see. He's got eight on the season. Eight on the season. Yeah. All right. Trevor Lawrence leads the league with 11. Mac Jones is sixth. Well, that's not very – I don't think you call lead the league. (laughs) (laughs) And I also think, like, when you you showed me your power ratings today and you've got Dallas, I think, low – I feel like Dallas is – what do they have to do? Like, what, what does Dallas have to do to get that respect? They, they need to hire a good coach. I, although I will say, I think that Dallas is actually a pretty well-coached team just with the head coach. They really are. And I is, said this today. It's the issue. I think Mike McCarthy's a total boo, but I watched that team play, and they're, they're, they're doing things right. And I didn't expect it because I would think that the coach would hold them back, but they're, they're a so well-coached what are, team. what are these factors that you're critiquing – Coach McCarthy with his championship I mean, uh, ring. Okay, well, if that's a, if that's the standard, then no, I no, can't critique. I think the standard should be. Do we you don't think critique Mike McCarthy? Coaches. Okay, then we won't. I mean, you can. I don't believe in it because I don't think I know half the football that the worst of them. Knows. Well, if you say Bill Belichick's the smartest coach, mm-hmm. how can you say that when you don't know how to critique and judge coaches? Because I can I can see where he's doing things differently. That well, one, it's the results to some degree. I mean, like the fact that he's won all this time. I'm not in a, the uh, fact that he's covering all this time shows yeah. that Vegas, if they look at the pure stats, that's just that pretty much represents how good your team is, right? And the fact that Belichick, if the stats are even, what do you make the line on a game? Oh, New England minus two and a half, because he's always going to make you know these these intangible decisions that are going to benefit the team. I think we've seen that even. I mean, last year's Chargers game, obviously. I mean, the he, Atlanta Super Bowl with the kickoffs and just yeah. he does little things that other coaches don't do. But a lot of detractors are going to say, well, it's been Brady. And obviously a lot was Brady in, in the general quality of the, the Patriots. I, I guess my point would be this. And it's an interesting question. Why do I think Belichick's so smart is I've seen his performance. I also have read multiple books in which it was like, wow, this guy's different. So you're right. To, and I know Mike Lombardi on a personal level, and I respect his football knowledge. And he taught, He says, you know, he says this on air. Is Belichick, there will never be a coach like Belichick again. Like, it's not even is he the best of all time. It's like he, they, you can't have one better than him. And I, I don't disagree with that. Okay. But what I'm saying is we feel very comfortable d- discussing how good a coach is but not how well, bad one is. Well, yeah, because it's usually how good a coach is. I'm very uncomfortable when we start talking about how good a coach is and it's not about wins and losses ultimately, meaning in a given season it doesn't have to be. But over the course of time, I, again, I think Shanahan at some point is going to have to put up or shut up. He might be a good coordinator, as a head coach, I, him being in the top five of all these lists, I don't get it yet. And I guess what I'm saying is I don't know any coach. When I look at McCarthy, I think, well, what's his record in the NFL? You agree there are factors of a game that, like, okay, you're a Steelers fan. You can agree that Mike Tomlin is not a great clock manager. Yes. But so that's one factor of being a coach. We can all agree he's not. And that's a good- the one factor that I think from the outside 
you can assess as well as from the inside with the caveat that you don't know if the left tackle's got a, a, a twisted ankle. Yes. So there's a little extra knowledge um, or more than a little. But I, I can and, – and listen, let me make a statement. I'm actually of a different mind than I was even six months ago. I used to get on Fez about all the talk about this, this – oh, punt, didn't punt. And then you look at it, there's a, a multiplier effect – and we're seeing it with the Chargers when you, Anthony Lynn right versus versus it, the new coach. It, it I mean, can it's be enormous. A, but yeah, I would say even if the prior coach was average and Lynn wasn't, mm-hmm. that, that at that aspect. Yeah, what Staley's doing is affecting games in a real way. I and, and I think before when it was little things like once or twice a game, do you use the you know kick it off all the way to the end zone or it's like I thought there was too much talk about that. Now it's become something where seemingly a third of the game, if you're going for it on all these fourth downs, you're affecting the game in a real fundamental way. And the game has changed. Just even eight years ago, these these were incorrect decisions to go for it fourth and three from your from the 45. Now it's correct because the offense has such the advantage. The average total is 48, not but 43. But it was correct for a time. There were a lot of things that were in the correct zone that weren't getting called. That's right. People were afraid to be the first to do it. Very similar to the NBA threes where you, we look at the usage did did everyone suddenly get to be become better shooters i mean NBA yeah teams i think they have the but, threes. but, but yeah, a little bit yeah but i think back in the day larry bird should have shot more threes exactly. now i will say this belichick started this fourth down revolution against the colts right so i mean i, I guess what i'm saying is uh mckenzie you were looking something up oh you got the turnover worthy give me mccarthy's uh win loss record yes sir career i've got it right here go ahead it's 135, 88, and two. Yeah, he can't no shit, can he? He's played his entire career with Aaron Rodgers. He didn't. <laughs> he's coached his entire career with Aaron Rodgers, and and, and he kept that job the entire uh, time until Aaron Rodgers said he's incompetent and got him fired. Well, Green it, Bay did it, do it, pretty Aaron good. Rodgers, huh? Green Bay has done pretty well since he left. Okay, well, yeah, and who? No one's saying Lafleur's not a good coach. I mean, it's not. We're not saying that he's the best coach on earth. We're saying he knows more football than AJ. Yes, he's he's a perfectly you, com- he's a he's a it, perfectly I mean, competent coach. Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than you, but you still feel comfortable saying he's the shittiest quarterback in the NFL. But AJ, right now you have to understand the difference is in coaching. We don't know what possible moves, or I don't know. Hey, they should have done the pool. Now I get with timeouts or game management. I think it's fair to have an uh, an opinion. But when it comes to, like, how's he motivating his team? When it comes to how how's he game planning schematically for this or that, we have no idea. With a quarterback, there's stats, right? I can look at a team stats. In fact, I look at Lawrence the same way I look at McCarthy. What's your freaking performance, right? Lawrence's has been bad, right? Now, someone will tell me, yeah, but he's moving his hips right. And eventually, that's what they said about Sam Darnold. And and now we're guessing maybe that's not going to be the case, right? We'll see. It's like it's like the um, the baseball movie um, where they they're like, oh, what a sweet swing that guy has. The scouts talking about him. Yeah, Moneyball. Moneyball, right? Um, let me ask you this, AJ. What's is Dallas a top five public team in terms of betting? Sure. All right. A top five betting team. Dallas is five and zero against the spread. What are they going to finish for the year? Against the spread? Yes. Rest of the the, the next twelve games. Or the better question will be. What would you bet it even money? He'll want to bet you that he'll fade Dallas every game for a hundred. You'd have Dallas every game blind for a hundred. Would you want that? No. 
That is the question I want to ask. So bottom line is, if the next 12 games, I want to bet against Dallas pretty much selectively. Is New England a top five public team? No, not anymore. Not, definitely not after the bad I year with Cam I think it might be the opposite. I yeah. think people were like sour on him. And, he, and, and, and the media always shows ugly pictures of Belichick now with him like cleaning his teeth and stuff with a pencil. <laughs> um, but the bottom line is, uh, Dallas is an ultra public team. I think if, if you ask me some expectation, I'm not so sure at five and a half I wouldn't play under in terms of the next 12. All right, so let's think about that. Five and a half, so that means to 12, it's going to be six. Okay, so you're given half a game. Yes. Okay, so if it's seven and five, you win, right? Okay. Hmm. So if they go 11 and six against the spread. Well, you're counting the game. Well, yeah, I don't even think of it that way. All right, uh, all right I'll bet you. That's a bet. Uh, let's do let's do a freeze out though, not like per game. So it's a free, so the bet is that uh, it's yes or no. Does Dallas win over five and a half games from here? Yes, against the spread. He's yeah. talking about. Yeah. yeah. Now, if it's a push, what happens? I mean, the push it's just a push. No, the push can't go to you. That's insane. No, it's a, a push is a, a push How is a push. A five push? five and one. There's they, we we, we push if they go five five and one. Right? How many? No, but what I'm saying is, oh. if if we if you're creating an over under and a push is worth zero points, but the over under is a, a skewed a half away push, from 500. Well, that's that's a, why I'm betting, <laughs> not to give you the push. I mean, I, the push is probably worth more than than any other skew. Who do you think you're dealing with? Look at him smirking, like, yeah. I, so the only way we could do that is we get half a half a win each on a push. Fair enough. All yes. right, we'll bet just 300 on. All right. All right. So I there could be a push in our bet. Yes. All right. Okay. Uh, long story short, I think this Dallas team is still the, – the market hasn't caught up to them. I don't think your power rankings have caught up to Dallas, and I think your power rankings are too high on New England. You want a piece of this, Pat? But, but, RJ, let me clarify. You directionally agree with what I said. It's just you thought I went too far, right? I actually don't directionally agree well, in the following way. Is nine times out of ten, I would. I think mm. the market forces are going to be pro-Dallas. I think he's right. Dallas might be – I mean, I'll be honest with you – the only two teams I think are clearly better than – I'm not – yeah, I'm going to have to come around the Bills. Now, remember when I was, like, all pro-Ram when they started 4-0? Yeah, Isn't this similar? I'm saying maybe Dallas is the third best team, hmm. all right? All right. I, you were taking plus 350 or whatever to win the Super Bowl after four yeah. weeks. That's a difference. But I'm saying I'm not sure Baltimore, Arizona, Kansas City, Green Bay, Rams are better than Dallas. So That's fair. I think Tampa's better in Dallas. I think Buffalo's better in Dallas. I think fully healthy Tampa's better than Dallas. Walking walking the tightrope on that. I think if Dallas played Tampa today, Dallas would beat Tampa on a neutral. Today. With Tampa's injuries. They played an an even game week one. I think in December, Tampa's probably a better team. I think this point of the season, Dallas is better. Tampa was just laying seven or six and a half. Yeah, why didn't we make our biggest bet of the year on New England plus seven? Well... I think it was more that he. This is the biggest bat of the year. Right? Is this your? Is this your five? No, this is my. Oh no way! My three. <laughs> this is your three. You got yeah. two games you like better than this. I do. All right. So. Are you are you are you against me on this one or? To me, this is a situation where I don't want to bet against Belichick. I just don't typically, and I also think Dallas does is in a five and zero. Oh, undefeated and they're a public team. So I think this, you think it's an inflate. What do you think the line should be? 
See, that's, but see, I think there's that inflationary pressure on it. It's like this. Imagine you have a house that has gold in the basement, all right? Now, how much gold's in there, right? That's Dallas being better than we think, That's or I think, or, or the market thinks I think they're better. But the house might be 30000 over what it was a month ago because of inflationary pressures or market pressure. So on one hand, I'm saying Dallas is going to be expensive, but Dallas might offer some hidden value. When those two forces go against each other, I usually just pass. Mm. I don't try to figure out what, you know. But your power ratings would agree with me, right? Yeah. I mean, my the only thing about my power ratings is I, I got to add one more P. And what I'm doing is aggregating a bunch of lines or I'm sorry, a bunch of power ratings and trying to weight them in the right way. And right now, if you look at PFF and their grades, Dallas is the second highest graded team in the NFL. Mm. And if you roll that in, which is going to be a little bit more this year, because a lot of these power ratings have a lot of last year in them still. And Dallas was horrible. And think about it, Dallas last year. Didn't have Dak. Didn't have Dak. And they had a, a beat up old chubby Zeke Elliott. <laughs> and now he's older, but not as Less chub chubby. <laughs> he moved like Fred Sanford back in the day. I mean, Football Outsiders right now on their Dave power ratings, which is their most forward-looking, 75% is last season still. So, and Dallas is still somehow, I don't even know how this could be, is third in the Football Outsiders power rating. That makes rating. no sense. It doesn't, does it? That can't be right. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm well, listen, look, open up football outside. I believe you. Um, okay, so I think we've talked that one through. Just to be clear, you guys have a $500 bet on this game, and the line is three and a half. I lean Dallas, but I'm not playing that. I think you might get three at post. Well, although Oof. that's him saying he's on the right side. Yeah, of course he is. And closing line veto and um, you know, a closing line value is generally good. No doubt. Um, and you and I have a bat. It's every win for either of the teams or, or every win for Dallas is worth a game. Every push is worth half a game. And will I get over five and a half? And we bet 300 to win 300. That's right. All right. AJ, your best bet. Uh, as Fezzik called it pre-show. My square ball best bet. It might not be square. It probably is. Green Bay minus four and a half. I endorse it. I'm on Green Bay as well. So, so you're on my it's square ball. Like? It's a double it like on this square ball play. Do you consider this square, Fez? Uh, yes, but sometimes <laughs> the square those square plays. When should we? Before we move on, uh, we'll we... get to that at yep. the end. Go yes. Ahead. Uh, I, I just feel I, the Bears feel worse than a three and two team to me, and I, I guess there they sit. Can what's your the win expectancy? What should the the Bears be right now? Because it feels like, all right. So we're looking at the season long fourth quarter win share developed by pregame.com. McKenzie in the driver's seat on a lot of that. All right. So the question is Chicago. They have. They're uh, do, 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 they won a third of a game more than they should have, so they're right in that break-even area. Okay, the the two losses that they have were to the Rams and the Browns, and the common thread was 
they fell behind early and they could not come from behind. Even Fields is throwing the ball better than his one yard. Well, the, Ram the Rams was one of the more deceiving games of the year, I think. The Bears played with Andy Dalton, played pretty well there, I thought. Montgomery played really well, got 100 yards. Of course, he's not he's playing. He's not there now. The backup looked good. Uh, it, it just feels like if the Rams or if the, if the Bears fall behind, they have a hard time getting back in the game. And even Fields passing better, they're still the worst passing team in the league. Uh, but what, what's that got to do with anything is if Fields – Obviously, Andy Dalton's Andy Dalton, Fields is Fields. If we are going to dismiss or at least set aside the first game, the only two games that matter are the last two games for Fields, for us to get an assessment of him, right? So, I mean, we can take a gander at that. I'm not saying uh, it's good, but, I mean, it's. It, I don't know how bad it is. So I mean, we would only two, do the first two, the last two games and not the Browns game? I, I think if you add – if you believe the Browns game – is representative of him. You can't bet the Bears. So, and I can't bet the Bears. I don't want to bet against them necessarily here, I, but I can't bet on them because I don't know that that game isn't somewhat representative. That's that's very fair. I, I might make the case that last week's game is another really weird data point because the Raiders, how much did this whole Gruden distraction impact the Raiders' well, performance? I, Listen, Gruden didn't know this was going to come out. So how did anyone else on the team know? Because he wouldn't have reacted. Well, he already had his thing on Friday that did come out. Yeah, but what I'm saying is the market really didn't move, right? Yeah. So you could say now that it's bigger than we thought it was, maybe it was bigger to them in the locker room. And what I'm saying is I don't see any way it could have been. And maybe I'm overreacting. Like the theme from last week that I was thinking to myself was, all right, coaches that were distracted, Urban Meyer and Gruden – what teams really performed way below snuff, those two teams. And maybe it was a coincidence, you know, or maybe there was more to it than what I anticipated. Uh, the, the bottom line is when I was watching the game, boy, you know, just the, the Las Vegas just handed the Bears that game, just stupid penalties on multiple plays. The Bears had, you know, um, were the recipient of not one, but two penalties that the Raiders committed um, on drives. It was just really, really ugly, stupid football by the Raiders. And it's not like there was a lot of points being put up by the Bears. It was just the Raiders being inept on offense. And, and then the other data point in that in that in that series is the Lions, who are the the fourth of the four consensus worst teams in the league. So. And the other, on the other side, Rodgers, we talked about this earlier in the, in the Fezzik Focus pod, since that Saints game where he was bad and based on his offseason, I don't think anyone expected him to be great. He, but since that game, he's been the best quarterback in the league. Uh, he, he has, he's blown up. And it, I feel like against the Bears, historically just dominant 20 and four 107.2 passer rating. All right, so here's the question, and I think there's an answer to this, but why would games from five, seven years ago matter? I think that the the Packers and the Bears, it, I think that's a big game. I think Aaron Rodgers looks at it as a big game because Packers fans view it as a big game. It's the weirdest rivalry ever where, you know, the, the downtrodden little brother is supposed to get up for the big brother, but Green Bay, little hick town, and Hick. and they look at they look <laughs> at Chicago. I really think it's it, it, it's the entire city has a chip on their shoulder versus Chicago, and they just get sky high for the Bears, fifteen and five against the spread last twenty games. And I can tell you when they uh, having I, I've seen it in Soldier Field. The it's about thirty percent Packer fans, seventy percent Bear fans. There's not 
you know, the crowd support for the Bears. The Packer fans are always louder. They really bring it for this game. Hick. Hick. <laughs> You're from Dayton? <laughs> it's the Texas A&M versus Texas effect where College Station and Austin, it, like there's, it's almost like a cultural divide more than just a football rivalry. Like it, it really is. So, so, so what's the ATS with uh, uh, the Packers during what, I guess during the Aaron Rodgers era? Uh, Mackenzie, we had that for SOV. What yeah, was it? Yeah, it's 19 and 7 ATS. That does include the one playoff win at Chicago. I think that's a meaningful number. It is. Um, Mackenzie, do me a favor. Let's look at the um, uh, RP database and let's look at the last two games only and look at the 10 90 split. So we throw out junk 10 and 90, the extremes. And where does Justin Fields rank? I just want to see last two games how he's looking. What's your theory on this, Fess? On the rivalry? No, no on, on the game. pick. You said you have Green Bay, too. Yeah, it's it, it's all because of the fact that Green Bay takes this game more seriously. My power so you're rating play, You're playing it every time they play. I'm going to play it every time till it suddenly erodes. Absolutely. Hmm. Have you been doing that lately? So I've done it the last few few years, yes. If you go back, you can... I mean, I've been. Oh no, I, I'm not. I'm asking. Part of it is I'm from Chicago, so I'm aware of. From Chicago, you're from Dayton. I'm from Dayton. Dayton. I went to school in Chicago. You went to school in Chicago. My buddy Joel, his father had season tickets. He'd always talk about all oh, those Packer fans take over a stadium. This was happening back in the '80s when the refrigerator was in town. Um, DVOA has hidden points for the special teams, and you know, there's a lot of randomness in special teams. Bears the most unlucky 32nd on special teams. Mm. And here's the stat that I found to be a shocker, a shocker. All right, let's eliminate the, let's look at the middle 40 of win expectancy. So this is when the game is on the line. One team can be 65, 67, 69, 69, but not past 70. And obviously the other team can't be below 30. So 30 to 70. Right, the corridor, as I call it. Usually, the teams are lined up pretty much like they are for all the plays. There's a handful of extreme variations. One of them, the most prominent, the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears, in the middle 40, are the fourth best team in the NFL by EPA. The fourth best team. Maybe you're right. They don't come back with a huge disadvantage, but will they need to? By the way, field 16th by EPA out of 35 quarterbacks last two weeks. That's actually really shockingly good. I'm going to put an asterisk by the Raiders game. I am. They just seem so flat. Well, yeah, that happens sometimes. Sometimes you have flat, sometimes you don't. So do me a favor, roll in. The third week back and see what it does. It probably brings them to 35. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> um, I tell you, the more I look at that, that actually makes me kind of like Chicago, but I don't want to buck I'm that. I'm not sure Fields is 100% also. So, I mean, if he's not good when he's 100%, what's going to happen well, he's if he's limping? Better lim- than average. What's going to happen if he's limping out there now? Better than average. And it's his knee, you know? This is. The, Maybe I mean, he keeps him in the pocket. Good luck with that. Drops down to 30 if you, if you include week three. <laughs> That was bad. All right. Any closing thoughts? No, sir. You see, so you still like it? I still like it. You want us to play your theme song on the way out? Yeah, you might as well. I don't even care.
guys, he's, he's infecting you. I thought you were going to play yeah, Santana, I'm winning. <laughs> That's not my theme song. Come on. I love that song. Okay. All right, RJ, your best bet. <sighs> Let's just call it a bat. <laughs> the best of you of the ones you've got. Yeah, listen, you got, I am going, I, I, I'm re-watching season two of um, Succession. Oh, what a show. One of the five or seven best shows ever made. You ever watch FS? Never. You would love it. Do you know what it's about? No. It's about this family that's supposed to be loosely on the Murdochs who own Fox News, where there's a immigrant, I think he's from, I, I can't, Scotland, I think, in, in, in the show. But he is like a media mogul worth, you know, 10 billion, 20 billion, but he's 80. So now he's got like th uh, three kid, four kids, and who's going to take over for him? Thus, the title succession. Of the series. But it is so. It's the same people who did. Uh, you're going to watch it now. Uh, the Big Short. Oh, I love the Big. Short. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's that's the same people. The, the little Jengas and. And uh, how, do you watch it? I haven't seen. I haven't seen. Succession. Oh, now I'm going to watch it. It's amazing, and the third season starts on Sunday, so you can. What's yeah. it come on? HBO. Okay. And um, what I would Super Bowl week. Yeah. So what I would say, what I would say is, um, f the first three or four episodes are kind of like the wire. They're so complex, it almost is hard to get through them. But when you rewatch them, they're brilliant. You know, so it's like give it to the fifth episode is my advice. Anyway, at one point in season two, this doesn't give anything away. He's talking about a difficult situation, and he goes, "But I will win." He goes, all right, well, here's my statement. I'm going to do everything in my human power to keep us above 500, and we're below right now on the Super Contest. So I would say this. The odds of us winning the rest of the year are maybe better than a random year unless the game's totally changed, which it ha I mean, in some ways the game's changed, but I'm saying unless it's changed in a way I can't handicap and pheasant AJ can't, yeah, then we won't win probably. Or we'll have to get lucky. But we've had three straight winning years, all above 56%. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I'm going from where we are to winning because I want my fourth straight winning. We're going to get there. That's the game is out there. It's either play or be played. Damn, Omar. <laughs> okay. RIP. <laughs> uh huh. Game done changed. Game the same, just got more fits. All right, my best bet. Let me get my sheet out here. Oh, there's my notes. Carolina Panthers and Sam Darnold. Okay. I like it as well. Yeah? Double like. All right, double like. Now, you could say you don't like Sam Darnold. I don't like Sam Darnold. <laughs> but I think that in this environment, it's fair to meaning with a great OC, you know, with that. I don't like, I'm starting to question the whole organization, but here's what I know. They think they're going to make the playoffs. There's no other rational reason they're paying a premium, Carolina is, to fill some of their injury holes at cornerback specifically with expensive propositions. And if a team is thinking, hey, this is the year before the year, what happens? Well, when an injury happens, they shrug and think, huh, higher draft choice. 
Right? What do they do? Okay, we're going to trade for a number one pick last year from the Jags. And, oh, we're going to trade for the NFL Defensive Player of the Year two years ago. I mean, like, that's as aggressive as a team could be. I mean, unless somehow they got Dion, sent him to Germany for platelet transfusions, Kobe style. I don't know how Carolina could have been more aggressive. Agree or disagree, Fed? I agree. Thus, that's them telling you they think they're in this to make the playoffs. That encourages me. And I think Darnold is, is, is probably the 23rd best quarterback, and that's fine because I look at right now and I see I got Carolina ranked 21st, so he's pretty much where the team is. But here's the thing. Minnesota, oh, they're ranked 14th, but there's only 1.3 points between them, 1.3. That's more than one less than one and a half, AJ. Now let's do the math here, guys. Home field? Who's home, Fez? Carolina. Okay, two? Two. Okay, so that means they're 0.7 better, right? I was just going to say they're they're on the right side of zero. Yeah, 0.7. They're better, yes. Okay, and oh, look, right now, the Panthers are plus one and a half. So to me, I'm getting, you might say, what's the difference? Well, if at minus one and a half, you're going to lay what on the money line? Let's take a gander. What's what's the money line right now? I'm going to give 120? you 120? Yeah, minus 120. All right. So that means I can have even money coming back if I want. So I can get even money on a team that I think should be favored. That's the definition of a good bet. And I think Minnesota might be a little overrated. The fact that they came into that game against Detroit, right? God awful Lions. Who not? I don't think they're god awful, but I think their injuries on top of where they were. Was, I, I think they're god awful, and they're trying really hard. They're trying super hard, and it's one thing if they would have been up seventeen. I mean, the fact that Detroit was in a spot where they were like you know ninety some percent at that point to win the, or you were thinking what about ninety five percent? Yeah, the Vikings were up ten, end of the fourth quarter, and driving. I still don't know what happened. <laughs> He fumbled, but they screwed it up even before that. And I guess what I'm saying is it's one thing if you backdoor, but if you get in a position where Minnesota could, at a given point, uh, Detroit was 85% to win? Uh, with 30 yeah, seconds after left. They, yeah, after they went ahead. Yes. Yeah. With 30 seconds left, they were. Is the fact Minnesota could have lost with that must-win game, how good can they be? Yeah. I mean, seriously, is I, I don't understand how – I because usually if you lay 10, it's like you hope that the uh, the favor – or if you take 10, you hope the favorite's lackadaisical, right? You hope they're distracted. How can you be distracted when you're one and three? Yeah, and you need the game like blood. And, and, and you barely win. And just ask anyone who had them – the Vikings were the most popular survivor pick because they were such a big favorite – there were people literally ripping up their entries, saying it's over, you know, when they in the final 30 seconds. You think of it. New England was a survivor, big survivor. Pick. Oh, it's crazy. Baltimore. There's been some miracles. Oh, just this week. Yes. Like the three, you know, you could make the case three of the biggest, you know, points. Break. You know, this has gone on all year long. Opening night, a lot of people at Tampa Bay and they almost lost to Dallas. You were hoping. <laughs> all right. So. No, I, I had Tampa. But remember, you were saying if they lost, it'd be worth going to survive. Yes, yeah. that's right. Um, memory. So, so to me, what I would say is this, is 
I think Carolina, we're, the new thing I've been trying to do is not buy high, I want to sell low, right? Or you I want to buy, buy low, low sell high. I want to sell high. I don't want to buy high. Right. And I, I would, I'm not saying Carolina's at a low, but they were at a high going into Dallas. Remember, this is a team the market bet irrationally, I think, down to what was it, three and a half against yes. Dallas? Yes. That's not even rational, is it? Well, it isn't now. Well, but what I'm saying No, it's is, not rational at all. I mean, what I'm saying is what's happened since that game and one more game, right? So then Philly beats them. Philly's not a bad team. I mean, what I'm saying is I think Carolina is probably pretty much where I got them at 21. I think Minnesota's probably not quite 14. We're just getting pure value. Agreed. And also, remember, Christian McCaffrey, Carolina's 3-0 with them. They're 0-2 without him. He's 50-50 to play. And this number does is assuming that he isn't going to play. And so that would – I almost see this as a free roll. If he plays, that's a big deal. That could really help Carolina here. Let's look at the season wins on both these teams. Now, Carolina's won one more game so far this year than Minnesota. What's the, cumul- what's the season win that's being posted right now? You can bet on this. Minnesota's seven and a half. Carolina's eight and a half. One game higher. So the markets are saying, saying they're even if you exactly going back to what you're saying that they're, the markets are saying Carolina should be a two point favorite. Pure value catching one half. It's my one way. And I totally endorse it. Do me a favor. When AJ speaks on this, McKenzie, uh, look at the uh, go to PFF and look at the look ahead um, strength of schedule. And, co- and let's compare Minnesota and Carolina. I'm just interested to see about the Fez's analysis. Go ahead, AJ. Yeah, the the current uh, strength of schedule for for Minnesota is second. They they've played a good. Besides the Detroit game, every one of their opponents has been respectable. Cleveland, so Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, Cincinnati. I don't think Cincinnati's a bad team. Do you? I mean, they're I I got them 22nd. Okay. But in this case, all we really care about is the future strength of schedule. Yeah, no, but but he's trying to make the case that Minnesota at their two and three record is really a good team. Well, I mean, Carolina, I, I, my only concern, and I, I agree with you guys that this is the Panthers would have to be the side, but I still just can't get past that the Panthers' wins are the same as the Patriots, the Texans, the Jets, and then they beat the Saints when the Saints' offensive staff was uh, out. I mean, it, it, listen. How much did you have on the uh, Jet or Carolina in that game? In which game? Carolina against New Orleans. Week two. Uh, I don't think I had anything on it. Well, if it's so obvious that it was a no-win situation for the Saints, why didn't you take off the rubber band? Well, because because, because I after didn't... the fact, it's easy to say don't count that game because of that. I, we didn't know that. In fact, I had the Saints on my on the, our Super Contest card. Okay. So I'm not I'm not saying that was a good bet because it obviously wasn't. But what, I mean, Fez, did you, I, I'm not saying you didn't think it was a concern, but you didn't think it's like dismissed the game. You know, it's interesting the Saints because they played three games away from home and they crushed in Jacksonville, got crushed in Carolina, and then kicked butt in New England. So three of the strangest disparate I results agree. you'll see from a team that's training in Texas. Boy, if you can figure out that progression, you're smarter than I yeah, am. I mean. It, There's different ways you can say this, Fez. Why don't you take a shot? We got the strength of schedule. So both teams have very difficult schedules. And if 32nd is the hardest schedule in the league, Carolina is the second hardest. They're number 31. Minnesota, they're number 30. So both teams up against it, really difficult schedules. What do you think there, AJ? 
I, I mean, the, the fact that they're about even, I think that says something. I, my my last concern, I'll ask you, RJ, because I know you've been as much of a critic of him as ever, is, is Sam Darnold. The last two games, he's thrown five picks. He looks like he's turning back into old Sam Darnold. Do you have concerns that that's what he is and not what he was in the first three games against the, the Jets and the Texans? I, I think it's almost certainly a combination of the two. See, no one game. It's like the game ends, but it's like it's four quarters, and then there's another four quarters. It's like a poker game. Is the tables might change, but it's one long session. I look at seasons, and and I think Sam Darnold's about in the twenties with this setup around him, this good support system. I don't think he can ever win a Super Bowl. I don't think the trade made any sense if that's what Carolina's goal is. But I don't think that. Um, <sighs> I mean, if anything, the real question is, how can Minnesota be this bad with Cousins playing so well? Well, that, that's my concern on the Vikings is I was really high on what the Vikings were doing offensively. And then the last two weeks they came out and, and did nothing. And, okay, you do nothing against the Browns. The Browns are a good defense. No, they're not a good defense, though. I mean, if the Browns are an average defense, I'm shocked. Where do you got the Browns on defense? I, I don't have my defensive rankings, but – I, I would say the Browns are an above-average defense. Well, let's see here. If you look at the Browns, look at uh, let's look at DVOA, and I'm going to look at the uh, athletic. This is not Mike Sando. Uh, okay, so defensive pass, the Browns are below average by a tenth of a point, and defensive rush are above average by a tenth of a point. So now you add it up, and they're even. <laughs> so... That's, in theory, average. Yes. Hard to argue with the, the fact, especially with both of the different categories being essentially average, plus and minus point one. What's football outsider say? Uh, DVOA is five rush, 19 pass, 12 overall, and then YPP, three, 11, and seven overall. Three, 11, and seven. Yeah. I don't know. I That's an interesting bet. I don't think the Browns are uh, above average defense, so... I mean, then that makes it even more concerning that they couldn't put up points on them, and then well, not I mean, putting up points on right. Detroit. I, I, I'm I'm you sour. Think after on the them. bad offensive performance, that it's the dream situation to just pound on a team that has a bad defense, especially an injured one. That was just puzzling that Minnesota could be that bad against Detroit on offense. Yeah, and and it brings up a point. It's two straight games. I mean, mm -hmm. certainly Cleveland isn't in the spot. Now you could make the case Stefanski had knowledge of the team and which was something I didn't really put a lot of stock in. But now we can go and say, well, dismiss that game because Stefanski knew the team. It's like that's dangerous, I think. I think all the games matter, just some more than others. I, listen, I think there's value. All right. Fez, your four-star play. All right, I'm going to go Cleveland Browns minus three hosting Arizona. I'm going to be honest, I'm going against my power ratings here. So I set my power ratings. I have Cleveland half a point better than Arizona. Two points for home field makes it two and a half. So what in the world am I doing laying three? Well, I think there's some key factors in this game that benefit Cleveland. It's going to be a windy day in Cleveland. Now, that obviously benefits the Browns. They're the power rushing team. And it's so Fez, let's talk about the total in this game. How far did it drop? So it, it opened at 53 and a half on Monday. It dropped to 51 and a half and then it dropped again to 49 and a half. So this 53, was this one of those like lines you hear the people on the radio get where like the line opened four, but somehow they got five and a half. Somewhere? Monday around 10 a.m. It was 53 and a half. Okay. 
And then it got hammered down to 51. Hammered to 51. And then it got hammered again down to 49 in some spots. Okay. Mackenzie, will you look at the line archive for that and give me a sense of, like... <laughs> of if Fez is full of shit or not? Is that what you... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, you were quoting you were quoting the, the pregame.com opener, right? Hey, the 51 and a half. That's what yeah. I had as the opener. I didn't see a 53 and a half. That's why I'm asking. I'm trying, but go ahead. I, I, I have a screenshot of an under 54 I'm not saying bet. It wasn't on Monday. A, a rogue line. I'm saying the question was, what was the market? Yeah. If it was what you're saying, I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm just trying to understand. Gotcha. Yes. Um, so it's obvious that the power rushing team that should benefit Cleveland. What's not so obvious? Well, I guess what also but is the obvious. The total is still 49. That's above average, right? It is. So how bad could the win be? Well, if these two teams are supposed to score 54 points, the wind could be pretty bad. Well, That's it, almost it, a touchdown it, now. Oh, no, no, no. It's 53 to 49 is four points. Yes. So it's four points bad if your line's correct. So how much of an effect, like between those two teams, how's those four points get divvied up? Or, or I guess who's losing those four points? And Arizona's more likely to lose. Yeah, how yes. much though? 65%? Because then how much extreme. is 65% versus 35% of four points? Not much, right? That's correct. I'm just trying to quantify what I also, but, but what I think isn't so obvious is the fact that, and I want to ask you about this because I think it's significant. Cleveland played eight home games last year. I know you're aware that three of the eight had significant wind in those games. Mm-hmm. So 37.5% of Cleveland's home games last year were played in conditions. So, so Houston, Philly, and Oak, or the Raiders. And Raiders, yes. So now they get to play in conditions that they should be well-versed to, and they frankly, they struggled with last year. And I think that that benefits Cleveland more than any other team because they've got this recency of just last year having to play three wind tunnel games. I'm exaggerating. Two wind tunnel games and one high wind game. And because of that, I think it benefits Cleveland even mm. more. Mm. All right. So Monday, 8 a.m., Bet Online had 53 and a half. Monday, 10 a.m., 51 and a half. So certainly a, a sign of a prof- professional hit there. So, uh, AJ, what do you think? I, I tend to lean with, with Fez here. Uh, what I don't like is kind of what you said as the, the total's gone down, the favorite's gotten bet so it went from two and a half to three while the total was going down well I, that doesn't bother me i mean because you're thinking well I just think, when you when you say how do you divvy up those points i'm just trying to say if is if the wind is affecting things the wind's going to lessen scoring right lower yeah. scoring. so if it's only lowering scoring by four points what's the split between the two meaning how much do the browns lose how much do air does arizona lose I'm not sure how much it is. Net, net, it's all that much, but go ahead. I do believe, though, if there is wind, it certainly is advantage Browns. And I might have liked the Browns even before the weather because I'm lower on the Cardinals than I, I think you and and, our, and probably most everybody, most of the smart analytics people are. So I, I, I like your side here, and I also like Kyler Murray. If he's not 100%, we saw what Kyler Murray, what happens to Kyler Murray when he's not 100%. And that is a great point. I wish I had been proactive last year. As soon as Kyler Murray, as soon as Kyler Murray got injured last year, Arizona's offense went to the tank. What happened last week? Kyler Murray took a big hit against San Francisco. Let's get in front of it before everyone witnesses him not running the ball as much, making a, a business decision, if you will. I would expect that that's what's going to happen in the next few games. Mackenzie, did you hear that earlier today anywhere about Kyler Murray? 
Do you really think you originated that? Well, I, I never heard you say it until I did. <laughs> I mean, it was it, like it, it got oh, talked about all last Oh, you did say that on SLV. It? Yeah, it's interesting. All right. So. RJ, 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 play the music. <laughs> no, but here's the thing is I gave you all this opportunity to explain why this line, you were saying you like Cleveland, and I was asking you to explain it, and you never mentioned Kyler Murray. Well, you had mentioned it. But I was letting you have, I mean, I was waiting until you ran out of gas, and then oh, I jumped okay. in. I'm it's sorry. like RJ could have just made the layup, but he saw you trailing. The big man, let's get let him. the it's big man eat. Off glass, too. Off the glass, <laughs> and it just, just caroms out of bounds. No, he slams <laughs> it, and actually you didn't get an assist. It's <laughs> what it is. I mean, listen. He I, grabs it, puts it off the backboard to himself, and slams it. Oh, so he gave me a hockey assist. <laughs> that, that actually seems like an AJ move, the rattler. <laughs> All right. Um, by the way, the math on that, if 65% of the four points is taken away from Arizona, that's 2.6, 1.4 the other way. So the delta is going to be at 1.2. So not nothing. Yeah, and you, and you could say theoretically Arizona's punting more. They've got less time of possession. That, you know, should, you, all, that should all be in the mix there, right? Yeah, the total is being a factor to quarter. But you could, you could – it's not mathematically wrong to say eight points goes away from one team and another team picks up two points. It's possible. But, but – Unlikely. But how – but you're, how would a team pick up points from the wind? Because the other team keeps turning it over and punting. Uh, I mean, are it's you possible. acting like this is like a little league where the, the three <laughs> best players are on vacation at Myrtle Beach? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's not going to be a mercy rule. Unlikely. Because, I mean, listen, let's, let's be clear about something. Arizona right now is ranked ahead of Cleveland in most power rankings, and I'm assuming yours. Uh no, no, phases. Cleveland five, Arizona seven. I have Cleveland half point better. All right. Well, I mean, to some degree, you're in a different universe. So here is, and again, this is the Athletics DPR 538, Football Outsiders, PFF's um, ELO method, and uh, another one called NFLO. All right. We talked about them last week. Here is Arizona's ranking. Two, five and a half. Nine, that's Football Outsiders. Five, seven. All right, so two, so uh, two, five and a half, nine, five, seven. It's Na like five and a half on average. And with Cleveland, it's nine, ten, ten, six and a half, ten. Nine average. So what I'm saying is not you're wrong, but you're uh, against about 18 PhDs. Not saying you're wrong, but it's like... Oh, I'll go under 18. Well, I mean, all, all of the... You don't think that the 538 people, how many different people have worked on their ELO math? Oh, I think there's a bunch of math majors. I don't think they're PhDs. Oh, well, I, I would take a look at 530. I mean, they're all advanced math guys. No doubt. Um, but, you know, PFF has, you know, a lot of them too. The I guess my point is, let's make sure we're clear about this. You've got the Browns higher than pretty much anyone. Yes. Yeah, so I basically have the Browns a half point higher than Arizona. Sounds like the market. All these teams are clustered. They are. It, it's, yeah, they, I mean, they, the, the, the market's the saying average the average has Arizona 1.1 better. Oh, 1.1? Yeah. That much? Okay. Cleveland. But listen, Cleveland, I don't think Cleveland's a trailing team either because in theory they were good at the end of last year. Mm -hmm. right, so I worry about some of these that they, they're slow to change, and I think that's probably wise most of the time. 
How do you feel about the 5 and 0 versus the 3 and 2 team? So it seems like a 5 and 0 team with a banged up quarterback also. Except the market's not I mean, if we didn't know the line and we had to guess what the line is, I think we might think, well, I think it should be 3, but I'm going to guess 2 and a half because they're undefeated. Except yeah. it's not the case. Yeah. Well, that's where it opened, it's 2 and a half and then it, it moved. Uh, so I mean, it, it, you're you're telling me that's a, that's a sharp move. I mean, is that the implication? Yes. Okay. But again, we have no idea if it's going to be bought back. I'm pretty confident it's not going to be. The the story's too powerful with the weather. I, I very rarely do you see a buyback in a case like this where the story is so is so favors one team, even if it contradicts the power ratings. So the look ahead line in this game was three. It went to two and a half at the World Open and went up to three on Tuesday. So, hmm, interesting. So you guys are laying it. You could have had two and a half on Sunday night. You could have had two and a half on Monday morning. He said, nah, we'll wait. Could have had two and a half Monday afternoon. Nah, we'll wait. Then Jump to the key number and gobble, gobble. Got got the weather report and got the concern well, about the weather. Mur- the and, weather report apparently moved the number Monday. And the Mur and the Murray, you know, information that he that it might be more serious than we thought. Where, where's that information at? It's been going around. Where, the, going around. What is this like? He took Kevin a hit. Arnold, like Winnie Cooper. He took a hit from Bosa, and that that that. I and, know, but they, yeah. that was known at the time it, the hit happened. So what was going around about the the, the more severe the the greater severity? Maybe of, it's it maybe. was it was it was it was public information that's become more um, well known. RJ's number one. <sighs> Any closing thoughts? Nope. The hitman. Oh look, coincidentally, him and Fez are lined up. But he's no, laid two he, and no, a half. he's got a way better bet. Yeah, because you know he had to record this a while before. So the assumption is he's batting it at two and a half where all good people should, if you like Cleveland. Let's listen. Best bet, Browns, minus two and a half, minus 120. Good all the way up to minus three. The windy conditions forecasted for this game greatly benefit the Browns, who played in severe wind games three times last season and are the far superior rushing team on both sides of the ball. The Browns are averaging two more yards per rushing play than their opponent, best in the NFL, Arizona is averaging 1.3 fewer yards per rushing play than their opponent, which is third worst in the league. Kyler Murray might have a right shoulder issue, and the Cardinals will be missing star center Rodney Hudson against a Browns defense that leads the NFL in pressure rate. Baker Mayfield's been the most pressure-sensitive quarterback in the league this year, but it shouldn't be a big issue against a Cardinals defense that's going to be missing star pass rusher Chandler Jones. Cleveland's in the better situational spot as the 3-2 team who needs the game more at home, in conditions that benefit their offensive play style and hurts the Cardinals' offensive play style. Best bet, Cleveland Browns, minus 2.5, minus 120, good up to minus 3. Fez, this, is, this looks suspiciously familiar. This <laughs> handicap. Hey, listen, when we tell you Fez tries to go around, there's this fellow, I hear his podcast now and again, I can't remember his name. I can't, I don't I don't know. I don't want to say the wrong name. But he actually's been playing up the hitman saying the hitman knows this, the hitman knows that. It's like, yeah. Pregame.com, check it out. You know, AJ, it's a good time. Let's take a gander at some of those commercials. Let's do it. That's at the A team reading. All right. right? 
Did you like the A-Team? Yeah, oh yeah. Have you ever been accused of doing something you didn't do? Well, it happened to me in Mexico City. Okay, we got a couple of things going on here. One, the NBA tip-off contest. I like I like a few of the over-unders. What, when, when's this thing tip off? Uh, it's Tuesday. All right. I like, um, oh, you got the numbers? Okay. Yes, sir. You like Brooklyn under? Okay, that makes Yes. Lakers under? I actually don't like Not that. Not a 51. Yeah, and I don't like, Westbrook's going to help them in the regular season. Uh, Phoenix, you like over? No, no pin. 50, 51 and a half Why are these games circled? They were all the ones over 50. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm saying like they're, they're like, they're the, like the, the most red. the ones of most interest in podcasts. Yeah. Okay, they're in red here. I'm thinking <laughs> no opinion on none of those. Huh? Okay, I've got one I want to hit. Uh, I'll give it. I really like the Pelicans under. Really? I mean, Zion could be out a long time. I mean, it's a foot thing, and it's a Liz Frank. That bitch is a <laughs> mean bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Do <laughs> you hear me do that on the radio? No, I missed that. I, uh, <laughs> I was just thinking on the radio. I said um, it was when the dude from uh, the Jacks had Liz Frank. Ah, uh, yes. And I was saying, imagine some pothead <laughs> is watching the ticker on ESPN. It's like, God, that Liz Frank got another <laughs> NFL player out. <laughs> what What are the New Orleans Pelicans on on their season? What do you when think it should be number? Uh, you know, it's inter- this is good because I'm, I haven't done my NBA work yet. 82 games. 39. 39 and a half. Under it is. <laughs> now, I mean, you're going under because, I mean, you're going lower. Yeah, yeah. I, I, knew, you're, I knew you liked under, so I, I, I probably would have guessed 41. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. I think we're in a good place. Yes. Um, no, I do like that, though. Mackenzie, what do you think of that? Love it. Really? That means he's going to bet a dime. Well, going to come in grumpy every time they win a game. You know, what, what we'll do is um, we got a little McKenzie story here, but we'll wait a few about a little bit for that. All right, so here's the thing. We've got a tip-off contest at pregame.com. All right, opening day, it starts. That's Tuesday, and it runs through New Year's Day. All right, that's the day after New Year's Eve. You've got to make 50 picks, men, 100 max and the best winning percentage. You can bet sides. You can bet totals. Top three places win. Now, AJ, guess how much it is to enter. Take a guess. $100. What? Nope. Zero. Free to enter. Well, what's the prize? Well, the prize is cash. Cold, hard cash. $500 for first. What? That's a nickel out of my pocket. Second place, 100 Plus, a year of ESPN subscriptions or some kind of thing there. Check it out. I'm not exact. I mean, it looks like it says ES. Oh, it says ESPN Plus subscription. And if you have that already, we'll give you something comparable. And third place is that one year. That's one year, by the way. Yeah. And one year ESPN Plus is the third place prize. It's a sprint to New Year's, they're calling it. Now, how do you get involved? Well, it doesn't take money. What you do is go to pregame.com. You click contest, and you'll see it. It's obvious. If you're a member, yeah, you sign up. It takes a second. If you And the picks are smooth as silk every day, or you don't have to pick every day. And if you think about it, we got November, 
December. There's 60-some days, so it's less than one pick a day, right? And you win a nickel if you win and bragging rights. And listen, even if you're in the top 10 the last week, it's going to be pure fucking excitement. Oh, wait, freaking excitement. Yep. All right, pregame.com, contest, NBA, sprint to New Year's. All right, one other thing here. We got a coupon. It's real simple. It's good today, and we're taping on Wednesday, so if somehow you can time travel back to Wednesday, you can use it. But otherwise, it's good Thursday all the way through the 19th of October. And when's October 19th, AJ? You want to take a gander? Uh, that is six days from now. Yeah, take a gander on the day, and I'll continue. This is... 25% off. Now, you might say, well, why are we going to use that? Well, you could use the weekend, NFL, et cetera. How's your college doing, AJ? It's, about, it's, it's, it's profitable. I'll take it. You're, so if, every, if someone bought and made a pick on every one of your picks by your star rating, they're making money. They're making money. And last year, you were the number one money winner? Yep. And the year before, in college football, number one money winner? Yes. All right. It doesn't sound like you're going to be number one this year if you don't pick it I up. i got to catch Fez. Fez is, where are you at, Fez? 56.8%. Damn, he's got it to the decimal point. Mm -hmm. All right. He, he had his abacus out. I mean, it was crazy. 19th is next Tuesday, by the way. Opening next, night? Yes. And here's the thing is there's an early bird college basketball up. It's got like a $50 extra bonus. It's all Listen, basketball, early bird, it's so cheap. It's like you might even if you're only playing twice a week, through the up to the new year's it's worth it because it's pretty much the same price will be at new year's you got 25 percent off now what is that coupon well they didn't write it down it says dream coupon well we're gonna tax the powers that be and we'll have the answer within 10 minutes so stay tuned but that 25 percent. and by the way if you don't have a membership you get $25 just for signing up for free, and it doesn't cost you anything. So think about this right now. If you're a virgin at pregame.com, well, one, you sign up, you get 25 bucks for free. Number two, you've got a 25% off coupon to be determined here soon what it is. And three, you sign up and you get to enter this contest with 500. That's called a free roll. A free roll. You can't lose. All right. We'll tell them the coupon in a few minutes. All right. My four weight is the L.A. Chargers plus three at the Ravens. Chargers, much like the Cowboys, I'm just higher on than the, the, the all the PhDs and the Fezics and the RJs in the world. Just for, The eye test tells me this is a very good football team. Uh, they played the fifth fifth toughest schedule to date. They're four and one straight up and ATS. Their only loss came against Dallas in a coin flip game, and it, they are having top five quarterback play from Justin Herbert. And the Ravens right now, def defensively, they've got some problems. Uh, the, the fact that Carson Wentz threw for four hundred yards and sixteen yards per completion against the Ravens is pretty scary. Uh, the Colts' offense has been bad all year, and suddenly Carson Wentz looks like God against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I feel like this is an opportunity for the Chargers to kind of prove to everyone that they are the real deal. Ravens still banged up on the O-line. 
still banged up in the secondary, still not RJ was telling me uh, on straight out of Vegas the other day when we were talking about the numbers for the Ravens as a rushing team. Mm Mm-hmm. They're not an elite rushing team anymore. They're just not. Well, so far they haven't been. They haven't been. But he's passing better than he ever has. So, I mean, it's like that's the question is which one is what is the absence more sustainable? The absence of the running or is the procurement of the passing or the, you know, gaining of the passing? Fez, would you agree if the Ravens get back to how they used to run and he keeps passing like this, this is the best team in the league? Let me think about that. You can't be any better. They'd be the best offense by far. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and, you know, I got to tell you, it's kind of when you watch Lamar throw the ball, it almost looks like it, it, it's a pretty ball he throws, it's like a Nerf ball. It has like more loft than any than other quarterbacks, but it's very effective. Wow, well, it hasn't been. <laughs> but no, well, just this year. <laughs> These five like, games. He's got this is, nice. Does it have a different angle? You know what it is? It? Yes, it's like the opposite of Trey Lance that throws like every 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 throw he makes. It's like he's trying Listen, to throw PTSD, the jugs gun 100 PTSD. miles an hour. There's PTSD with McKenzie right it, now. It, it is like a laser beam every single pass. <laughs> There's no touch. Like the machine that shoots the balls at the yes. receivers. I mean, what's your optimism on Trey Lance? I'm not optimistic for this year at all. You got a shooter. Let me, let me tell you one play why I'm not optimistic, and I told Mackenzie this already. So there was a key goal line stand where he doesn't get in, all right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and he's not playing, you know, um, Fargo State anymore where he could just go low and bully over the 180-pound linebackers and get into the end zone. And he tries to do that in an NFL game, and he just gets crushed and doesn't, you know, move the defenders an inch. In that situation, I've seen other mobile quarterbacks. Every one of them, that situation knows. You go airborne, they score 90% of the time. Nope. Trey Lance's muscle memory is telling him wrong, telling him what to do in college, and it was just completely the wrong take. Maybe he got in the end zone anyways. He would have if he would have just done what every other mobile quarterback does in that spot. I would agree with that, and I think there's one more moment to the interception. Whoa, 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 whoa. Were you talking to McKenzie? Sorry, yeah. What? I no, was. You weren't. You were talking to the country. Oh, true. And somehow Mackenzie's just like I've never seen him. <laughs> if you ask him, if you ask him his name, it takes him four seconds to start to answer. Literally, he had to have the mic open. Was the mic open? As he was closing, I was opening. So you, why don't you ever do that when I ask you a question? Well, I'm trying to improve. You tell you teach me so these things. You're improving in this case. So now you've set a new bar. So that's good. No, he's comfortable talking to Fez. He's not comfortable talking to you. So, but apparently he's comfortable defending the indefensible. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying to agree with Fez in that 21 year old Trey Lance doesn't have what 24 year old rookie R- Russell Wilson has, which is a lot of game experience, a lot of headiness. He had about a 15 yard run with no one in front of him. He throws a pick in the first quarter. That's that's something that you ju- you're just not gonna you have to knock out of your game. You that know, costs you know us our better. RJ. You know what else he's missing Got a off lot, that a lot of other quarterbacks who are in the NFL have can throw the ball a college career like <laughs> a semblance of one like that would probably would have helped him some. Listen, when they write the story of Trey Lance, it's going to be an old Greek term called Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> Jamarcusus Russellus. That's right. <laughs> That's Latin. That sounds, yeah, it sounds oh, Roman. Shit. Is uh, <laughs> what, what's the um. What's the thing for ego? Hubris. Hubris. It's going to be a story of hubris. Mm. Is Shanahan thought he could just make anyone, you know, like take the raw clay. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. 
It doesn't look good. Oh, let's get an update. Um, what would be your draft order right now for the rookie quarterbacks? Same order, RJ. Trey Lance. Well, first off, when I ask you a question, just answer it. You don't have to tell me some commentary on it's the same. Just give me the answer. Point. Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields is fourth this week, and Zach Wilson's fifth. How much brand value do you think he's losing, Fez? by sticking <laughs> with Trey Lance here. Well, at least he's still got Davis Mills last, so I compliment him on the bottom. <laughs> he's doing well. Mills didn't look bad, did he? <laughs> no, not at all. By the way, is, whose pick's up? Uh, I mean, if you guys are done with the Chargers, then you are up. Yeah, I, I listen. I think that... I think the Ravens are, are worn out, too. I think the Ravens... Four out what, of the five are games... You, is, are you stealing another one of my points? I, I, am I? Yeah. <laughs> Did you say that? Did we talk the Ravens at all today? It's been six hours since the show, so it's all right. I, I mean, he remembers all this. I didn't. I don't remember talking about the Ravens at all it's on the like, show. It's like AJ's like I'm getting smarter and smarter. I don't know where it's. How coming. many fourth and nineteens do you have to go to the well from? When did we talk about the Ravens on the show? All right. Mm. No, you're right. I didn't. Feds heard it. I didn't. You know, I didn't say it though. Okay, I apologize. Uh, by the way, Mackenzie, are you done? Done. Done with what? With your Trey Lance. I made the points that I wanted to make, yes. I'm a lotto, an albino, a mosquito, my libido. I might just leave. I mean, you got all my hand. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tell me about the, the Ravens playing extra no, time. And... I mean, that's okay. But I do think it's a big factor. I, I mean, the reality is they had a, a miracle, almost a miracle win. They had similar against Detroit. They had similar against Kansas City. Then they had a monster against the Raiders. Fez, I got to say, I've never seen it. Is that every game for them? Yes. The only, the, the only thing that mitigates it is that these Chargers played at Kansas City, played the Raiders. That was a big game. And then Cleveland, and that was a crazy back-and-forth yeah, game. Yeah, but they were home for the Raiders. They were home, they were home for the Browns. Yeah, I mean, what I'm saying is, it's it, and the stakes were. It felt like all these games were must win for the Ravens. And the only game that wasn't like down to the wire or overtime was a road game at Elevation. They've got to be just beat oh the down. Denver. Okay. Yeah, and and remember the the, Ra point. the Ravens did start the year um, in preseason. They played two preseason games, both on the road. I know that's a long time ago, but then they had to start with three of their first four on the road. That's a lot of plane trips. What I'm saying is, if you add in Kansas City being like their um holy grail they're like we gotta we gotta beat this guy this team or we can't win anything right so that's even more than just a, a major matchup against another leader of the conference yes and then you add in aj's point which i won't steal but i'll accredit him for is or credit him for is at altitude if you're one lesser games at altitude that if that's the easiest of five games, still takes a lot out of you. Takes a yeah. lot out of you. It's a good point because and I it was somewhat of a laugher and and so I kind of dismissed one. it. Only one. Then Detroit is like, uh, oh my gosh! It's not only that they were so far behind, but winning took emotion out of them. And mm -hmm. losing would have helped him here. I think if he misses that field goal, I think the Ravens are in a better spot. I here. agree with that. So or if they don't even come back at all and they lose by whatever. 
I have never seen a team after five games have this much men like just drag. And if you saw, Do you agree with that? I agree with that, and AJ, especially you, when you say it tomorrow, make sure you say it right. Okay, <laughs> thank you. They they won that game, their last game, three times. They were dead in the water against Indianapolis. They're down the sixteen with like six minutes 4% to go. Chance based on the projection. Yeah, they need touchdown. Conversion, stop. Touchdown, conversion, stop. Good luck with that. The Ravens are going to be Logie here. And then <laughs> you should know. And then all, and then maybe you're maybe you're nodding off when I'm saying this maybe stuff, but but by your subconscious. I mean, it's in my notes that I write like before you even show up to, to the office. Today. Copious yeah, notes. I'd like to I, submit those, please. <laughs> like, I want to, you know, I, if so, I'll defer. Um, so I can't play them. Let me make a point about the Chargers. They're not that good. Like I want Fez, I want you to explain to me why they're so good. They always make it. Hear, on... I don't want to hear about um, the arm strength of Herbert. That's about his potential. We're talking about right now. Now, what's your thoughts? Or let me let me allow you to answer the question. So it's it's because they go for it on fourth down. That's why they're so good. It's a combination of they go for it and they're the best in the league at going for it. They you clearly realize there's there's a general assumption in advanced analytics that you can't be better, but in any sustainable way on third down than you are on first and second down. That in general, red zone play is going to regress to your general offensive play. In general, third and fourth down is going to regress to that what, what kind of special skills do you have to convert third downs i guess uh, here's the here's the special skills because the average the typical team on the highly leveraged play like that takes their time wants to make sure they get a good play call stays in the huddle even calls a timeout and that actually benefits the defense and the chargers are exceptional i'm willing to bet but that the they third run down has nothing to do with that but they run third the, down has nothing to do they with run that. third and fourth down faster than any team in the nfl they rush but, to the but, line but, of scrimmage but, and but, they go but, but, but listen no, but they don't rush on first and second? No. Okay. So it strikes me that you could make the case that having assertiveness or having clarity on fourth down has an advantage. Who's the guy, that, who's the quarterback, who's the team that year after year just does better on third down? Was Nobody. it Carson Wentz? Oh, Wentz, yeah. Well, that was just for a small period of time. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, the point I'm making here is, the Chargers have the most third and fourth down leverage. In fact, Mackenzie, do me a favor. Go to that site that has that those adjustments, and just add, all I want is third and fourth down, which is one number. How many points have they gained in five games? Mm. They're nine and zero, I think, or nine and not for nine on fourth down. And pursuant to what you're saying, they have surprised the defense. There have been a, a, several times that the defense has started to trot off the field. And they're like, ah, oh, get back out there. They you better hurry because the Chargers are running. They're going for it, fourth and eight. Baltimore has 1.0 additional fourth quarter uh, win share wins. So they've got an extra game. They're the luckiest team. Chargers 0.8 tied for second luckiest with Washington and Green Bay. Okay. So to me, let's be honest. Baltimore and Harbaugh has gained a lot of these little edges too. So let's call that a wash. In this game, if anyone, the Ravens are going to be ready for this, right? Because that's how they play. I mean, Harbaugh, remember, the most advanced. Last yeah, yes, they play aggressively. Yeah. So who's going to be ready for it? Baltimore. Mm -hmm. That's a good, that's, that's yeah, that's very strong. Good. AJ, tomorrow you use that. I'll, I'll try to remember. Are you, uh, you, you, did you hear it? 
Uh, yeah. Would love to get punts under six and a half on this game if someone puts that up. I don't see a lot of punting going on. All right, so now that we're past the third and fourth down, what else has been good or, or really good? My computer tells me the Chargers are 12th. So make the case otherwise. I can't. The yards per play is the same um, for offense and defense numbers. So they're, they're a 16th best team in the league. Yes. Average. Yes. Huh. That's what it seems about right to me. I mean, they're better than average. Vito tells me they're going to win the Super Bowl. He says their old line is going to gel, and by the end of the year, they're going to be the best team and, in the NFL. And I think that's possible, but they'd have to play very differently than they've played up to this that, point. That's, but, but we do expect, remember, at the beginning of the year, we yeah, talked about Kansas City. But it's not happening between the fifth and sixth yeah, right, but Right, but it's gradual. But we talked about Kansas City and the Chargers are poised to be the teams that over the course of the year, that their old lines should gel and get better and better. And they, they both those teams would struggle in September, and the Chargers didn't struggle in September. So futures-wise, I think like bets like Chargers to win the division, not Chargers this week, make a lot of sense. But we looked at that on, on the pod earlier, Chargers to win the division now. And you told me, why don't you bet it last week? You asked me, why, why hadn't I bet it at plus 275? Mm -hmm. it's, it's plus 110 now for the Chargers to win the division. I said, I, I think the better way to go at it is if, if the Chargers win the division, I think Brandon Staley is going to be coach of the year, and you get that at plus 450. So I, I, think, I think that's a strong That's a better bet. way to go. There aren't many coaches Plus that can win it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you got Kingsbury. Holy F. The Chargers have gained 57 and a half points <laughs> over expected on third and fourth down. That happens when you go for it fourth and two on your own 24. But think think of, about how much you'd lose when you don't get it. So what is their net? What's the net margin? What's their point differential? I don't have it. Pull that up, McKenzie. Or let, let's let AJ pull it up, who's the master or who's the Chargers cheerleader. Like their, uh, their total points differential? Yes. Yeah, point differential. I bet it's below 57. <laughs> so that means if they were a normal team on third or normal team on third and fourth down, they would have a negative point differential. Plus 26. <sighs> I think that's like 31 points to the negative. Yeah. That's like, that. that's like, I'm going to look at my power ratings. Oh, that's the New York Giants. I mean, I'm telling you, hmm. I hope the Chargers win here. What could they have done differently that, that would convince you guys that they're the real deal? Play. I mean, you love to. They quote, played a top five schedule. You, they're four and one. You love to quote yards per play. How's how's their yards per play? I didn't hear it this time. Coincidentally. <laughs> mm -hmm. Five, seven, five, five. Okay. So Plus they, point they're probably two. the 15th best. Picked yeah. up a lot of yards on fourth down conversions. Yeah. Is it really, this is all fourth down conversions. That get I mean, the I, they'd be below average if not for that. I mean, I think that they have a – listen, I think Staley's great. I think this is a narrative. Everyone looks at Arizona and says, oh, Ar oh no talking, AJ? Oh, they're 11th, YPP. 11th. Yep. I've got them um, 12th. So do you think they're 11th and 12th? No. So – that's what I'm saying. You got to make the case. I, I think the numbers. Like I said, say, I can't. I, I can't argue with your computer. Well, and your, your narrative is your, your spot on. The narrative is they had a coach that was you know pretty good with the players, but had no, no clue with game management. Yeah. And now they have a genius at game management, and so they're going to win five more games. Like you, you think the third and fourth down success is is luck and bullshit, and I don't. So we just fundamentally disagree on it, and and that's okay. But how many, how many years in, in year after year after year do you get disappointed by a team that's because I, I mean, they, I mean don't I tip, they don't typically continue it, though, I, you know, I want to dig into those numbers more because I could. Well, I didn't do the study, so I'd like to really understand it. 
But, I mean, one of the basic premises is if a team does really good in the red zone, you want to fade that. If a team does good in turnovers, you want to fade that. If a team is good on third downs, you want to fade that. Yes. Or fourth downs. It seems like unless there's something intrinsically different with what they're doing versus the rest of the league, and then the rest of the league should adjust. They are doing something intrinsically different. They especially on fourth down. Harbaugh, I don't know. And well, on fourth down, Harbaugh goes for it, but on fourth down, Harbaugh doesn't like rush to the line of scrimmage and run the. Cl- it, it's so effective, RJ. I don't know why every well, team doesn't it, do that. Is it effective, or is it because they're nine and zero? It seems effective. Or if Herbert had pink shoes mm. on, that is. To, what to be doing. fair, I've been tweeting all year long. Whenever these coaches like have a fourth and one, they're slow, slow developing. How do I, I tech? They're not going to make it. Jumbo backfield, run the play clock down. Here if comes want, the, the run stuff. If you want more of that, at Fezzik Sports <laughs> on Twitter. All right. So the official pick here? Chargers plus three. All right. It's a good number. You're, uh, you're four weight, RJ. <sighs> Davis Mills and the Houston Texans. There's a double like, by the way. Who else has it? I do. What? Yeah. I'll let you take the lead. No, I mean, it's your four-star. No, no, it, you go. Yeah. This number is just crazy to me. This is one of those. I, You know what? I fucked up last week. I said, uh, the Patriot, the, the Texans are historically bad. Even the, the crumb-bum Patriots offense can put up enough on this team. And they couldn't. And I'm not going to make that mistake again. Uh, the, the Texans, I still think they're the least talented team in the league. But they've shown flashes. They're playing really hard for this coach. I mean, and now they're three and two against the spread. They, they owe anyone here an apology? No. Okay. No, certainly not. Right. And with the exception of the Buffalo game and the second half against Carolina, they've competed every every quarter of the seat. The Buffalo game, they they were just outclassed and dominated. They ran out of steam in the second half against Carolina. Every other game, they've been either winning or they've been right in it. And I think I think Davis Mills sucks, and somehow he played a good game last week. And if they're going to get even close to that, they're they're in good shape. And I'm not saying I don't know. I don't think they're winning games. I I, I I'm not going crazy, but the Colts. This is the first time they've been favored this year. I, pretty much everybody thought the Colts were an above-average team coming into the season. What, what says that now? I, I don't see anything about the, the Colts that make me go, yeah, they're pretty good. I, I don't like – there's nothing to like about this team, and they've got a ton of injuries now in the secondary, cluster injuries on the offensive line. You could like that Carson Wentz hasn't played. That, that he played one good game? Yeah, having one game is an improvement. Davis play. Mills played a Dude good game. Dude had a broken – Broken leg, broken foot. He's just I mean, recovering. What I'm saying is he's got to have three or four good games. I agree. Say there's a trend line. I've got the Colts 20th, uh, 0.7 points worse than an average team, 0.7. What do you got, Fed? 19th, two points worse. Two points worse. Um, and Houston, I've got 31st, 7.5, 7.4 worse uh, with Mills. So let's do the math here. 6.7, Indy's better, and this game is in Indy, so give it two. 8.7, we're getting 10? Yep. Yeah. Gimme, gimme. Now, I think you made a really interesting or um, salient point is the O-line for the Colts is very fragile. 
but not so much they're getting hurt, though they are. It's that if they have to have a backup, PFF calls it a weak link system, which is any offensive line, it's not who your best player is, it's who your weakest player is. But on the D-line, when it comes to, let's say, pass rush, that's not a weak link system. The theory is if you have one guy that can get pressure, that's about your strongest link, or probably not a link in that analogy, is what's important. Same thing at wide receiver. But at cornerback, it's a weak link system. It's secondary in general, yeah. Yeah, so um, because, well, because you can be isolated in theory. So to me, the Colts, the first game they have their offensive line back, I look to go over the Colts on their team total. Hmm. Till then, I think PFF just came out with their line grades. They have them as the, I think, I'm going by memory here, the third worst offensive line so far. And they were supposed to be the best or second behind Cleveland, I think, was the projections. So they've gone from, like, number two or three to number 31 or 32. Now, McKenzie... He might say that they're, let me see, if they're 31, he would say it's the second worst. Yeah. Instead of saying the 31st best. Folks call it a slang blade. I call it a kiter blade. So, you know, to each his own, I guess. Colts also. But I'm joking. It's wrong his way. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, had guys missing practice today. They still don't, their kicker missed practice again. He cost them that game last week. I mean, I don't know how he got injured exactly, but getting injured in pregame warmups, that, that was the difference in them winning and losing that game. If, if Bastard. He, yeah, if he's healthy, they win. If he wasn't. Uh, Darius Leonard didn't practice today. Uh, Xavier Rhodes didn't practice today. Andrew Sandejo didn't practice today. These are guys in concussion protocol. The right tackle missed practice today. Darius Leonard has a percussion. Okay, no, no. Uh, Xavier Rhodes and Anderson okay. Sandejo gotcha. do. Uh, Darius Leonard has ankle Go, and shoulder injuries. Go, AJ. So, as you, as you know, I don't line up to bet money on the Houston Texans, but this week I will. I'll this just, is like AJ, or this is like McKenzie betting against the 49ers. <laughs> I mean, the Texans are the team that banned him from the facility, took away his press pass, and he's betting on them. Think was about was that. the food good? No. Mm. See? Didn't like the food. The worst part was they had like a uh, a, a beer machine, like a, a tap. That's like, okay. Hey, we're gonna I give don't you care. Beer. They didn't have beer. <laughs> Actually, amazingly, we had the GM of the Texans on the line. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, what the hell? He's that against you? I guess so. <laughs> I don't can't say anything else. This is real simple. The Colts off a catastrophe totally right i get they're gonna say yeah but look at our skin like i i I think projections i saw like 28 percent to make the playoffs so they still have a chance the colts supposed to win seven and a half games in that division with now that does give them hope because it's true if they can get even if even i think at nine wins that might well be enough yeah first i gotta get their second win yeah but Here's what I'll say. The Houston's so bad. They're double that de- this is a situation where if it was a pick and game, a minus three game, I think the Colts bounce back. Here they're gonna be like, we'll bounce back next week. Let's let's kind of wallow in this. Well, it's a short week, too. Um 
Yeah, I mean, and they're, all, it was they're a, all three straight road games. And the, three straight yeah. roads. I mean, and I just Monday think night. This is listen. This isn't fun, Baton Houston. <laughs> but Mills looked better. He did, but you know what? He looked he looked decent against uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago. He looked decent, and then he played against Buffalo and looked like a, a but, well, two out of three. He just looked good against the against Bill Belichick. Yeah, right. Yeah. He looked very three for three hundred. I mean, we could if if he would have looked horrible there, and you wanted to be pro him, you'd say, well, no one does well. Any no, you're right. So, like, if there's any – in fact, I would make the case if he's going to look good against anyone in the league and it would be the most impressive as a rookie, it would be against Belichick. And Belichick yep. didn't show the league how to stop him, which is good. Well, I, yeah. Maybe he showed how not to stop <laughs> they'll, him. They'll watch the Bills film if they want that. Yeah. But, again, the, he's got – the theory is these rookies have a steep learning curve. Yep. We'll see. Apparently, and I heard this from Lombardi, they, the Patriots were going to take Mills. That, that that was their. Are they not taking Jones? Yes, smart kid from Stanford. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know. I mean, again, obviously they've missed on quarterbacks, but all right, it was that simple, Fez. Right. Don't watch the game. Take the ten. I like it. Fez's three star was Green Bay. We've already done that. My three star was Dallas. We've already done that. And back, did it. Back to you, RJ. Mm-hmm. What's mine? Uh, oh, I. Well, <laughs> we have a double like on this one too. All right, I'll take the lead on this All one right. so you don't steal This is my, my one stuff. star. I don't want you to steal my stuff. I'm going with the <clears> – well, I'll say it like this. All right, what's going on here? We've – whatever drama there was, the drama's over. He's the coach. Jacksonville has extensive experience. And remember, this is institutional experience going to London. The London Jaguars. The London Jaguars. Miami, I mean, we could say, well, it's a Belichick disciple. I don't know. But here's the key to this to me. It doesn't make any sense that Tua is being rushed back for this game, except if they are panicking. The Dolphins are panicking. Why else would you have him even fly over there with the bad ribs? They are not, Brissett's not playing well at all. Generally, I think that Brissett, I thought coming in, he was probably comparable to Tua. I don't think he is, but he's going to be comparable to a, a fragile, like, what is Tua, 5'11"? I mean, it seems yep. like he shot put, he, he throws like I, th- I think that I think that's the sage point, that Tua's at 100%. Even with his injury in college, is better. Yeah, but he's not better with all these other injuries. And if anyone, if Josh Allen's banged up, he's got enough physical skills to at least get to parity. I mean, this is like the, when when Larry Bird hurt his back, it was over because he was just he was just had the physical skills, and uh, later in his career, and then when he lost another ten percent, it was over. That's a great point, right? Yeah. I think Tua's shot putting the ball downfield, happy feet, afraid to take a hit. And what I love, and we haven't been looking at the derivatives because it was bad, but we should. Though my chub prop did well, I gave it to the boys. Yes. But still, derivatives 0 for 3. Oh, 0 for 3. Is, especially Fez's. Oh. <laughs> but, I mean, that's the one I can say I didn't do. I didn't have anything to do with. Thank God. But, <laughs> but again, he, he gave us our winner in the, uh, with the Eagles. But 
I love Tua under passing yards. Love it. Because I think chances are he, he looks horrible in the – I think under the first quarter for the uh, teams themselves. I think in general, this is a situation where um, he might be sitting after a quarter. Hey, they give him a try. He he, he gets takes one more hit. So under passing yards, I think looks particularly good. But to me, I like Jacksonville. Are, are we buying? Are we buying low? We're buying low. Oh, it's low. And and if you Mackenzie, do me a favor, pull up the um, uh, the four factors of luck that uh, in this game, and uh, this was the biggest number when you count turnovers. And this was Jacksonville against Tennessee. Tennessee really didn't play that well in that game. If you look at the the stuff that really threw the score, it was all things that you could make a case are luck based. AJ, you could make an argument the Dolphins should be 0 and 5. We go back to that oh, game yeah. against the Patriots. They they were thoroughly outplayed by the Patriots, and they got a win. I don't think there's any team. The only team I can think of that's maybe in this discussion is Washington. That's where where they were projected to be and where they are now. The, there's a bigger disparity. Do you, can you think of one? Mm. What preseason expectations were just versus the, just what the, they are this year? Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I maybe think. maybe the Colts before you know the the injuries. Mm-hmm. Okay, they most of it. And you're talking about them rushing Tua back. Tua is not going to help this team stop giving up 35 points a game in the last four games. Miami it, season win right now, Trevor six Moore's six and some. a half heavy. Remember they were eight and a half last week. Six and a half heavy vig to the under because Tua is coming back. <laughs> they were seventh in defensive EPA last year. This year they're 29th. They're giving up the 30th most yards in the league. And last year, this is the crazy number. Last year when they were good on defense, you talked about third down rate. They gave up 31.2% on third down. They were the third best defense against third downs. 57.1% hey, maybe of third downs are going to be converted RJ predicted. on them. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're 32nd in the league by far. So you believe in regression. Well, certainly on the, in this situation, yeah. Uh, I just think right now the offense looks better in Jacksonville. There's some hope. Trevor Lawrence played his two best QBR games the last two games. I'm not saying he's going to figure it out by the end of the season, but do I think he's better than than Jacoby Brissett right now? I I think he is. You know, there's a trend that the favorites – Or Tua. Or Tua. The favorites – Hobbled. Yeah. The favorites have actually done well in London, but I'm not too worried about that because the favorites are 16-10 and against the spread. But when you think about that, that's got to be more than offset by the fact, well, Jacksonville's done perfectly well, and they're – Probably been the underdog in every one of their games. That's so over it'd be there. Interesting to see how the favorites have done, other than Jacksonville. Exactly, and the idea, and this is one of those trends. I think sometimes we see the trend, and then we try to figure out why it makes sense, and we're like, oh well, the team that knows they're supposed to win takes it more seriously when they go overseas. But I think that would just see, be. I actually think the analogy is the Thursday night analogy. So what we found out was that the road team, everyone says road team has a big disadvantage. Actually, what it is is the favorite has a big advantage. Mm. Because the, the theory is, hey, we don't got time to really game plan. It's like the old Bobby Knight playing on the first week of or the first game of the weekend double bill in the NCAA tournament or the second game. He was much better in the first because he had five days to get ready. 
Oh, right. Yeah. In London and Thursday night, you have less time to get ready because you got other factors, right? On in London, and does the skills? It's like roll the ball out and play. Mm -hmm. Thursday night, the best team wins. Here, the best team wins. Jacksonville, it seems historically, is the exception. And, and I think there should be. Uh, I know we just counted as a neutral game. I, I went to. I just said this. A Jags game two years ago in London. I just said this. Oh, okay. You didn't hear. I mean, I, I'm telling you about the crowd. Yeah. Okay, then the I'll crowd cheers out. for Jacksonville. It was about probably 25, 30 percent of the fans there no, were Jacksonville no, no, no. fans. But what you should have said there was, like RJ was saying earlier, I've got some experience with this, and then go. But but you were going like, I don't know if people talk about it. Like you were acting like you were pulling it out. Of I nowhere. thought you were talking about the advantage they have because they're they're used to going over there. They're experienced in going over there. Okay, that's fair to say. Though you say, didn't you say the Jack or the London Jaguar you like, or you actually said the London Jaguars because they play yeah, there. There, there was actually yeah. a rumor that they might move there. Yeah, but the crowd there. I would it's give not, AJ a break. It's not like it's a normal home game where it's like eighty percent of the fans there, but it, it's probably about twenty-five percent Jags fans. It was probably about five percent Texans fans, and then there's just a mishmash of NFL. There, fans. there was a theory that Jacksonville has more of a home field advantage playing in London than they do in Jacksonville. <laughs> I've got one last thing. I have a friend, I don't remember his name, he went to a Jags game in London. <laughs> I heard that, yeah. And he said, like, about 20, 30 percent, it was all ja Oh, wait, that was AJ. That was me. <laughs> AJ, is it me, or do 40 percent... I'm Logie. Do 40 percent of your shirts have an advertisement for some sort of alcohol on them? That's probably close to accurate, yeah. Because, or a bar Because or when you drink as much as he does, you get the free shirts... And when you drink that much, you don't have a budget for clothes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's the pick. Uh, that's my one weight, by the way. All right, Fez, you're two-star. All right. I'm going to stay as long as you guys keep my interest. Okay. I think you're going to be interested in this one. New York Giants is my two-star. Why do I like the Giants? Well, if I look at the power ratings against the Rams, Giants are home. I make this game nine and a half. What's the line? Nine and a half. Well, my calculation assumed that Daniel Jones wasn't going to play. Now I'm hearing Jones has a good chance to play. I cannot understand the markets at all, why this line's still nine and a half. I thought it was going to be Mike Glennon. And well, then, first of all, don't you think the line accounted for some possibility of Jones playing? It was so high that I felt that it was a given that he well, wouldn't play. Well, what would your power rating say? Assume Jones were 100%. What would the line be? Line would be six. Okay, six. Yes, nine and a half with Glennon, six with Jones. Okay, but boy, you're only giving it three points. Three and a half, three and a half. Nine and a half, six. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's think about this. I got Giants three, uh, negative three point six. Who's the Giants play? Rams. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Rams are plus three point seven. All right. So it's going to be six, seven point three. I've got. What do you got? On a on a neutral. Yeah. And but, I've. What did you have? I had one second. I'm choking here. Where is this game? It's, it's can it the really Rams. Be that hard? <laughs> I had the Rams at five. All my numbers were assuming Glennon. So I so I got to make the adjustment for three and a half. I have Giants minus three. I have the eight points. So right in range. Yes. Okay. So this. So you're saying this. Huh. I saw the line at 10 and I'm like, yep, Daniel Jones isn't playing. The market knows it. Okay. That number makes sense. How know. dependent is this bet on Daniel Jones playing or not playing to you? 
oh, it's completely de- – I need him, otherwise the line's right. If he, if he plays and he's a semblance of what he sh- normally is, it's a great value. I think that Daniel Jones has trouble processing plays fast. I mean, when Jones gets time and he sees what's happening, he is like a jugs machine. He throws the ball sh- very well. Like if it was some kind of skills competition. Ah, that's a good example. Right? So to me, if he's a little bit logy, right, AJ? Yep. It slows you down. You start repeating things other people said. You don't even, you don't even know where you got it from, but you just heard it. And you have trouble seeing where the plays go. I mean, Daniel Jones was just cusping to something better. I think this concussion, if he plays, how how hindered is he going to be? That's the question. That is the question. Also, exactly. how conservative of a game plan do they go with? I don't think they're going to be having him run around like he normally does. Well, specifically because the play got hurt on. He got piled-driven into the one-yard line. So, I mean, it, it, it sure looked that way. That it, it, was a, it was a pretty brutal legal tackle. If you look at that middle 40 we were talking about, Daniel Jones, 10th best EPA in the league. So I think if I knew he was healthy, and again, with concussions, you can pass the protocol and still not be firing on all cylinders or all synapses. When Jones went out, uh, the Giants in the play after he went out, tied the game 10-10 against Dallas. Dallas went on with the neck. Mike Glennon quarterbacking them, and Giants got crushed. The neck, not the ostrich? He's the neck. Okay. He's got this enormous. But did it? Feel, I mean, did it feel realistically like the Giants were going to cover before Daniel Jones left the game? Yes, I felt well, they had a good off, chance. When it's 10-10, and you're getting seven, you got to feel pretty good. Okay. Right. The, the live line at the time was four and a half. Okay. Before the injury, I, yeah. I think that's the answer, right? All right. So I'm going to pass that. I'm going to give the coupon code. We haven't gotten a response. It is going to be, now this is for the 25% off. It's going to be Dream 25. Now that's all one word. And that's numbers. Numbers. <laughs> D-R-E-A-M-2-5. D-R-E-A-M, A-J, 2-5. No special characters? No, no. Okay. No. Well, no. if you, Exclamation you, point? No. Okay. No. Uh, Dream 25. Dream 25. I got it now. You're trying to confuse things? <laughs> <laughs> when you talk to me like a dummy, I like to talk back, like just to let you know that I am actually a dummy. Well, and thus, <laughs> and thus the wheel keeps on turning. <laughs> Proud Mary, keep on rolling. And let's keep that all uppercase, all uppercase. So Dream 25, and I don't know if you know this, but you can't do uppercase with numbers. Okay. So <laughs> D-R-E-A-M, and then just a two. It'd be like, where's the uppercase to? No. <laughs> What percentage of the population knows what the uppercase above the two and the five are? 0.01%? Someone's got to know. You mean know what the little... Uh, yeah, the, the at and the number sign? Yeah. People know that, that top... From uh, memory? Yeah. They know there's something there. They don't know what the okay. symbol yeah, is, right? You might be right. Did you have it memorized? I just know exclamation point, at, number sign, dollar that's a, sign, that's one, impressive. two, three, four. What that about the little impressive. carrot? The carrot? Yeah. Is that what's that, a six? Exactly right. The, the, you're talking about like the uh, the exponential. The, okay, yeah. And then I think seven. That's what they call it a carrot. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Seven would be the and. Well, because you didn't even take algebra one. Correct. And then eight and nine are the parentheses, right? How would you know you didn't take algebra one? I took algebra one in like when? 
seventh grade. Well, that wasn't algebra one. That was pre-algebra. That was in what sixth is, grade. What is five factorial? You I, do. Do. I, listen, I don't know. <laughs> You're busted. <laughs> I am busted. You on the edge of their seat, though. You did all Fe- numbers except five. Fe- 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 Fez always brings one drop a week to hit... <laughs> With AJ, and I mean, I got to push it because he gave gave me the thing. No one's paying you to think about it. Just do it, son. All right. That's me. RJ, what's your favorite Dylan song? Visions of Johanna. From Blood, on, from Blood on the Tracks, his... Uh, nah, Blonde on Blonde. Or, oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Are you familiar with Visions? I am. You want me to sing it? Please. No, thank you. Now... His, his love lyrics. Would I... Well, it's very mystical. The, it has a couple of the greatest lines ever written. Is that the, does he talk, calls her an antique in that line? Is it? No, you're thinking about She Belongs to Me. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Which is a very different song. Okay, all right. That's the one that says, she's got everything she needs. She's an artist. She don't look back. She's got everything. And then it goes, you are, it goes, you're start, this is how that verse goes. It goes, you'll start out standing, proud to give her everything she sees or something, proud of standing. And uh, then it goes, you'll end up peeking through a keyhole down upon your knees. Uh-huh. There's a little implication there. And then it says, you, and then at one point it goes, and you are a walking antique. That's what I was, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a whole different song, a different album, different motif, really, trope. But <laughs> I did not know what a trope was. I bet. Or, or I, I can't even pronounce it. Misogynist. Good news. I just got a text. Yeah. I back. said it was misogynist or something. No, misog- oh, go ahead. <laughs> the, the coupon code is just dream. Okay. Okay. All uppercase. <laughs> dream. And what we'll do is put both of them in in case someone quit listening. But you can only use it once. Okay. I think. Did we hit all our games? Uh, that's all our games that Hold we have. Hold on a on second. Our, uh... I'm talking about Visions of Johanna. Yeah, apologies. All, all right. Two of the greatest lines ever. One of them is, and this is a standalone line. This is one of those you can kind of pull it out and admire it. It goes, Mona Lisa must have had the highway blues. You can tell by the way she smiles. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Think about that for a second. Yeah, she kind of frowns, right? She doesn't smile. That's correct, yeah. Fezzik. Listen to the art historian here. <laughs> hey, if it's got French lily pads, Monet is the answer. <laughs> Listen to you guys. The funny thing is you probably know more of this kind of thing than 90% of not our listeners because, I mean, we've got the smartest listeners mm-hmm. in sports talk for sure. Who are we kidding? Lordy, I mean, I hope AJ hasn't affected that. Probably have, though. Well, hopefully. I'm wearing it down. <laughs> no, because if anything, you just make me look better. That's true. I mean, just the contrast. But you got to remember, I brought some of my audience over. and Yeah, it's perfect. We, we, we still actually have five games. We just don't have selections on those five. Yeah, that's great, Fez, but I'm going to finish with my visions talk because you're the one that brought it up for some little convoluted way to make – you're probably making like a hot fudge Sunday or something. No, the minus 720 cash is Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Right. But anyway, the last thing I'll explain about visions, and if you haven't heard it, I mean, it's his best song. But here's the one that I think is, is just unbelievable is when he says, oh, this is great. I'm just going to read the whole verse. It says, in the empty lot where the ladies play, 
blind man's bluff with the keychain, and the all-night girls whisper of escapades out on the D train. We can hear the night watchman click his flashlight, ask himself if it's him or them that's insane. Louise, she's all right, she's just near. She's delicate and seems like the mere, but she makes it all too concise and too clear that Johanna's not here. And here's the line coming up. The ghost of electricity howls in the bones of her face. And these visions of Johanna have now taken my place. The ghost of electricity howls in the bones of her face. That's brilliant. He should win the Nobel Prize. He should. Oh, wait. Are you familiar with this song? Uh, I, I don't know. I thought I was, and I don't know that I am. There's a ver- If you do a search on YouTube, there's a version from like 2000, 2001 in Britain that's the best live version I've ever heard. All right, Fez, go ahead. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go through the rest of the games and give my thoughts. <sighs> Chiefs football team. Okay. What's the, what's the Chiefs' current... Two wins. Against the spread, I mean. Like, what is their record now? Like, two and, like, 15? Mackenzie popped that. I mean, this is getting ridiculous. Mm. I don't think that... Listen, I don't think the Chiefs are that good, but they're going to be focused. So whenever you have a road favorite, remember... Yeah, road favorite is... There's an amazing record a team off a bye when they're a road favorite. I mean, it's just amazing for the favor. And the theory is they're focused because they got not the Not looking past. So Kansas City is going to be focused. So I'm not anxious. To, I mean, and you're selling low right now. I don't want to sell them. Wait, when you say coming off a buy, like, yeah. it, but they're not coming off a buy. But but we're replicating the concept of, of laser focus. Oh, okay. Because usually That's a good way to look at it. Is this team focused or is this team lethargic, or reading low-key. the press clippings? Yeah. Yes. But, but, I mean, if you think about it, a road favorite intrinsically, is when it's over a field goal, is so much better than the other team. Yeah. There's often letdowns. But here I don't think there's going to be a letdown. I got another theory. I haven't. Washington's been... banged up on offense. They, um, they, they've got like injuries like the Logan Thomas and to some linemen. It's just none of these guys move the needle. But collectively, I think it's an issue. I, I got to be honest with you. Andy Reid hasn't coached a good game, it seems like. And, again, I'm doing that from a distance and saying I'm looking at results, really. I know it didn't make a lot of sense him making no adjustments in the Super Bowl. Like, it seemed like they made no adjustments. A lot of people that know more than me said the same thing. Now, obviously, his son got into some real trouble the week before that with a Mm -hmm. DUI situation, I think, allegedly, or however you want to say it, yet to be fully adjudicated. All right, what game has he coached really exceptionally well since where you say, look at the coaching there? Mm. It feels like everything that separated the Chiefs from a a running gun team that would always, you know, like the kind of team that would be like almost like a run and shoot team that would be like really exciting in certain spots, but not as exciting or or, but but losing all the seems like he's been slow to. Um, make Brandon Staley like adjustments. Where's my onside kick out of nowhere, for instance? I'm, I'm saying he doesn't even seem to be doing the basics. And I mean, I mean, when you get a game like against Philly where there's no punts, you know, it's like, come on, be a, like even Nick Saban. Remember in Clemson national title game, onside kick out of nowhere. 
wins the game. So yeah, he's not adjusting for the defensive deficiencies. You might recall that, and I mean, this is a, a true tragedy. Andy Reid lost his son to drug addiction when he was at Philadelphia, or to a drug overdose, I think mm. it was, when he was at Philadelphia. And now who's to say what the possibilities are with the legal issue here? But would it be crazy if Andy, and again, I am speculating, I'm not saying it's true, but would it be crazy if he was like clinically depressed? And had to go to the hospital for dehydration. And what Something's I'm saying not is right. maybe he's just sitting there in his office staring, and I wouldn't blame him, right? I mean, what I'm saying is it doesn't – it feels like this is a rudderless ship. I, I don't disagree. I, I, I really think – and we talked about this a little bit on the show. Maybe any reason distracted? No. Oh. <laughs> that you can be – if your offense is good enough – and you've got a below-average defense, you can still be elite. I don't know if you can have yeah. the worst defense and still be elite. And the Chiefs, by pretty much every metric, have the worst defense. I agree with that. And, you know, we did that study on coaches, Hall of Fame coaches, and once they hit 60, they win half their games if they're not named Belichick. And, and Reed is 63. Honest, his biological age is older than 63. Yes. I mean, if you, you know. I mean, yeah. So... Chiefs last 16 games have covered twice. Two out of 16. Lean to Washington. They won 12 straight up. But I, you know, I don't want to fade him here. Okay, next game. Bengals minus three and a half at the Lions. This one's simple. Bengals are better than their ranking. They're trending up. Listen, there was a lot of serious. It was one of those irrational moves taken at the two and a half against Green Bay. That was the batting market planting their flag. They're behind Cincinnati. That That's correct. It basically, the, the power ratings made that game four. Then there were some injuries for Green Bay, the Smith brothers. So it goes to three. How it gets to two and a half, you know, that's that shows big support for Burrow and company. And the I've seen ELO power ratings that actually upgrade Cincinnati off that game. So meaning even, even though they didn't even cover – the, the last number, it was like if you look at the plays, there was the luck and the field goal misses and everything. It was, yeah. It went to way. the point you got to upgrade Cincy off it. At least that's what their math says. And I don't want to bet against Detroit, though. This team's just playing really hard. And, and to me, that means something. And we're hitting the point where we always, I always like back and winless teams this time of year that have winnable games because. You know, no no team wants to be second guessed by the media constantly. So they bring their A effort each and every week to get that first win. Then you can look to fade them. We, ta we talked last week about the Lions injuries piling up. Best pass rusher, their center, and then this week there's Frank Ragnow, the center, who they thought was going to be out for about four weeks. He had to have surgery done for the season. So that's just another like. It hey, doesn't guy. affect this week. Uh, oh, I think it. I think it affects team morale. Ah. I don't, I don't think they think the like coach that. Is crying the coach is for crying. The team. That's, that's good. Cares. That's a good coach thing. cares. That's a great. How thing. many? It's the opposite of Andy Reid. Yeah, okay. I, well, many, I don't know about what. Yeah. Possibly. How many times do you cry or or come out there and, and yell or, or how many times do you get to that level and then lose the next week before your team thinks this is bullshit? Oh, they they they, they every week. How many times do you, they go to the, the well every week? Uh, if if you cheat on your wife and you go cry and tell her you're sorry. About the fourth or fifth time. But he's not crying in regret for his actions. He's crying at the result. He's crying for at, his, at, his team. For yeah. his team. These listen, guys worked tried so hard. Listen, here's the – I don't even think we have to debate this. 
what what is the sign of a coach having the team uh, bought in? Is playing hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lions are playing hard. Down 30 against San Francisco. They almost win outright. Now, is there a, is there a chance that at some point it's going to, you know, it's going to get to be too much? Maybe, but I don't think it's now. I, I agree. And I would say I heard from serious people, I heard more positive about that than negative. Mm-hmm. That he cared that much. And I'm not saying it was consensual. It's refreshing as opposed to, like, just giving the coach speak. I mean, yeah. Fez, when you have, I mean, I got to tell you, if I go 0 for 3 this week, I might cry next week. <laughs> I, I mean, I cry watch, in private. I, I cry when I watch Up and I watch Ellie die every time. Was that the one about the girl that was whoring around L.A.? <laughs> no, it was a Pixar film. Oh, okay. No, I mean, I know that was one of your favorites. What was it I pre- I, I'm trying to remember. In the, in, the, in the hood? What was that? <laughs> I can't remember the thing. Yeah. The broadcaster that got stranded in South Central. Right? Mm-hmm. I think there were some tropes. <laughs> Never had heard that word in my entire life. Maybe the most impossible game to handicap this week. Raiders plus three and a half at the Broncos. I think it's simple. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're better than me. Way better. I think the line no, is at three. I'm, I'm, I would be playing the Broncos. The line has gone up a half point. The market has spoken so far saying this Gruden's going to be a, a situation is going to be a distraction. By the way, you want to hear our thoughts on it. SOV podcast on Tuesday. We talked about it extensively. AJ almost got us arrested at a given point. <laughs> what he said during the break, I'm like, you just keep quiet. This, <laughs> you keep quiet. yeah. I went to the, I went to the pod and it. No, that was something McKenzie said. Yeah. No, 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 no. So, um, there was some little glitch. And th- was it you skipped 30 seconds or the pod skipped 30? The pod skipped ahead 30 seconds, but when I went back, it played through fine. So the pod didn't skip ahead. You hit the skip to, to go ahead. Uh, no, it was my pod player, but it, uh, I was no manual error. Do you have any electronics that was before 1997 produced that work? <laughs> no, I don't. Your computer doesn't work. Your phone doesn't work. It's in the shop. <laughs> exactly. And they're trying, they're calling up. The, you ever see the movie where Clint Eastwood is an astronaut and he knows how to repair this old space station? You ever see? I have not seen It's it. called Space Cowboys, I think I've it was not. or something. That's what they had to do to get his phone fixed. They had to call retired technician. What's really embarrassing about this is like RJ has an iPhone 5. No, and it's it, a 7. Okay, a so 7. So why would you lie, though? I just, I misremembered. <laughs> Misremember. That's convenient. What year did the iPhone 7 come out? I think a lot of people Watergate misremembered, huh? Think what year did the iPhone 7 come out? It's got to be four years, five years. You realize they're on iPhone 13 now. That's unlucky. (laughs) That's why you won't get it. I don't know. I think an Alexander Hamilton would have gotten that phone fixed by today, if not yesterday. uh, Are you thinking about Alexander Alexander Graham Graham Bell? Bell? (laughs) (laughs) Who's on the 20? Hamilton. Yeah. In the wire, they said, that's a president. I go, he's no president. They're not putting some old white guy on his 20 if he wasn't president. Guy invented money. Well, not really. So, Wealth of Nations. I brought up that. Uh, did you ever read The Wealth of Nations, did I, you? I did not. Not Adam a surprise. Uh, <laughs> since the last 25 games yeah. where a coach has been fired midseason, teams are 16 to 9 after in the game. What about after before? ATS. That? I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't go back forever and we, ever. We did we did last year, yeah, I, and, and I, it evens back out. 
Uh, but the, I know all three coaches mm-hmm. last year, they all three came off a, or won a game off their coach being fired. But you guys said because this is a different situation, this isn't like fired for coaching performance. You feel like it's different. I, listen, all you got to do is listen to what Carr said. Now, I'm telling you something. Carr, if if someone – if Johnny ever – if you ever got in trouble, Feds, when he's an adult, if he spoke about you this way, you would be lucky. Meaning that a son couldn't do better than what – did you hear it? Yes. Yes. I thought it was a real statement of, like, like this guy's as toxic as anyone can almost be right now, and he's wrapping his arms around You know, they live two doors down from each other. That's what I'm saying. Southern Ireland. Listen, I know – listen, when Louis C.K. got in trouble – People were diving left and right, right to get rid of, you know, get away from them. That's a good point. I mean, what I'm saying is, when someone's this toxic, it takes guts to wrap your arms. It's probably around a good them. sign. Yeah, I think it's a bad sign for the team now, mm. because this is going to be more disruptive, right? If they didn't really like him, oh, and, and I'm sure there's some players that were oh, different that now don't like him. Well, let's remember, maybe Derek Carr's a white male, like basically the only group that. But he's the that most he important didn't player disparage. The, but he's the most important player on the team. Right, but aren't there several black guys and an openly gay guy on that gonna, team that probably feel pay, differently? But you think they're But here's the question. In game number 1, they might be ha- or I think they're almost certainly ha- Here's the question though too. If a, if if you ask a black guy from what I understand about the NFL and maybe I'm wrong about this. So let's just say it's I'm going to throw this out as a discussion point. If they say you could have a racist come in and coach you, and it's going to cause you to be significantly better. And this is a hypothetical. And he won't show his racism. But deep down, if you knew his heart, you'd know he was racist. Like, I'm Italian. I know I can't say, oh, well, what about prejudice against Italians? My grandfather, who actually was, you know, born in 1922, was prejudiced against he could talk about it. And I could say, all right, you know, it's not like blacks, but okay, I get it. But now it. you're just a white guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's hard for me to say if I was prejudiced against. But what I would say is, if I were, and a, a guy could make me millions of dollars. Now, if I felt like I was going to be, like, made, you know, like, ridiculed, if I was going to be, like, emotionally uh, badgered, or however you want to explain it, I would say, no, I, I don't know how much money that's worth, but it's something, it's some amount is going to be worth it. But I get it. I, I just think if, you know, especially with blacks, you would wonder if they're thinking, again, we'll ask, again, it's not like one black is going to be speak for the race, but, you know, we'll ask McKenzie, but I think there's a sense of let's, how can we co-opt this? How can we do as well as we can within this system, right? And if the system has racist, like if you knew, let's say Gruden didn't get fired, what, how many of those players would have quit? No, zero. So money matters. Sure. So my thought is, uh, although there could be some who who I don't know how many guys on the Raiders have enough clout to do this, but there could be some who say, "I want you to move me. I want get me out of here." Yeah, but I don't. I because that that did happen in Houston. I and how'd it go? Dwayne Brown plays for the Seattle Seahawks now. But he he but he was whole now, wasn't he? Uh, yes, he was. Uh, that's out. different though. Like that's saying he was saying I'm accept I'm willing to accept not getting a game check. Right. So I don't know. I'm not even sure it matters, except I do think just to say they're happy he's gone. If they felt like on the offensive side, especially that he was key, 
you got to wonder for his ambivalence. But let's assume you're right, and, and we'll get Mackenzie's thought. But go ahead. Didn't essentially, and I may have remembered this wrong, didn't Antonio Brown have all these problems with Mayock and with the Raiders' management to he the point that— He has trouble with everyone. Yeah, but, but, oh, it, but, but, but you talk about a guy actually not—and I know, I know he was a knucklehead with, with, with what he did, but he ultimately wound up, it wound up costing him his paycheck. Wait. And it was the Raiders. But he thought he was gonna. But he thought he was gonna. First of all, he got let go. It wasn't. He chose. It wasn't like a line was drawn in the sand and he crossed it. It was like the Raiders said, "Listen, you're. You know, you, we don't like this." And next thing he did, they just cut him. And he didn't mind because he thought he was gonna get signed for the same right. amount, which he got signed for a jumbo amount by the Patriots. And then he got cut there. I just brought it up because it was with the Raiders. And I would say knucklehead. I know you didn't mean it this way, but you know. Uh, I would make the case probably some of his alleged stuff went beyond a knucklehead. But just, to, you know, again, we're delving into stuff. It's a little sensitive. Uh, Mackenzie, what percentage amongst your peers would you say are about the, the bottom line? And what percentage would be about the principal in this case? In this particular scenario, thinking about as an athlete, I think 90% of people are thinking about that paycheck and taking care of the family. And Chappelle talked about the predicament black people found themselves in for hundreds of years in the special that just came out. Yeah, we we don't like racism, but I wouldn't say we hate racists. We're just trying to get by. We're just trying to do the best with what we can. And I think most people would say, if this guy's going to help me get better, help me stay in the league, help me make millions of dollars, and he's not going to be in my face about it, they would take that. It goes back to the analogy you said. If you had a million dollars offered to you, but if someone you hate would get that same million dollars— well, that tells you if you would hate him or not. If you would pass on the million dollars so that the person you hate would be out of it, I don't think most black people would do that. We want to protect ourselves first. Yeah, that's always an interesting question. Is if, the, if you think you hate someone, say, would you give them $10 million if if you could decide? It's yes or no. It's zero or one. You get a million. Your hated person gets 10 or neither of you get anything. I'd take 500 <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You don't hate. You love yeah. money. And <laughs> and that's the question. If you hate someone that much, you hate them. All right? Give you credit. Last thing I'll say about this, I, I know this kind of nuance isn't for, you know, radio, but it can be for pods. It's not our expertise, so I'll just put it out there. See if anyone has a thought. Maybe start a conversation. I mean, if I check my Twitter, maybe, but I don't. Really, most of the time. Oh, you didn't post the uh, the contest this week. I know. It was my mentions that got punished for uh, it. Mine did too, probably. Yeah, but you don't look. I know. It's like <laughs> it doesn't happen. <laughs> it was. Listen, I had a premonition. No, uh, we'll be back next week at RJ in Vegas. They they, they missed out on losers. I'm going to predict right. five and zero. Oh. I'm going to say it right well, now. I'm we are not. going five and zero. Oh. All right. Anyway, here's my quick question or thought: Is how could Gruden? And let's not get into the Trico thing, but how could Gruden work for years and years with, like, as a coach, we're in a majority black league and it not be, like, a conversation? You know, you hear he's brash and asshole. You didn't hear he was a racist. And the question is, what about his the coaches on the staff? What about the people he worked with at ESPN? What about Dungy going to the mat for him, right? Yeah. That, that meant Dungy had no inkling of this. And I don't think it mitigates. I don't think it means he didn't mean it. I think it shows us that maybe that people can have one thing in their heart 
and in, in, in other places show another side and that those sides might seem to be contradictory and they are, but contradiction is probably just native to the human experience. And again, it could be contradiction between loving your wife and not loving your wife. It's not about trying to lessen this. It's, if anything, it says even if it is just part of you, it's unacceptable. But I just don't think everyone that got to know him thought he was a racist. And thus, I won't say was he, but I'll say, what does that say? Because in our minds, we think, oh, he's like a guy just saying the N-word under his breath every chance he gets. And if someone cuts him off and is black, he's saying no one, you know, some negative thing. And it's just like, it, I know there's racists like that. But this feels like potentially another one type. And I, I don't know if it's supposed to mean less or more. I mean, you could make the case it means more because those are the people that don't have hate in their heart, but they're propagating hate or they're, you know, spreading it, I guess, propagating. Any thoughts on that, Mackenzie? I think you're, you're, you're definitely on to something. I mean... I have a half-white family. I, I know white people from the suburbs and the deep suburbs of Chicago and the deep, deep suburbs of Chicago, the farm country in Illinois. I know people that have told me, like, man, this is stupid. And then I'm like, hey, wait a minute, you know, you know I'm black. It's like, yeah, but you're not like that. So I, I know people that are, that are racist in all different kinds of ways. I think with, with, with Gruden, it's, it's something that he can't admit to. It's some, some anger in him that is not—I mean, he said he didn't have a racial thought when he talked about Demora Smith. I think he's in, in denial. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think that he could take a lie detective test and say, I am not a racist, I am not any of that, and the needle wouldn't move. And, and that's if, scary. If that's the case, though, is is that a hanging offense? Meaning, like, how does he redeem? When is he back in polite society? Would never. You have, never. No, never. So you can kill someone, and you do, oh, let's say this, you can do man, manslaughter, vehicular homicide, and get out, right? Mm -hmm. Parole. And hey, everybody, it, it's yours truly. What'd you say? Hey, everybody, it's yours truly. Is that your OJ? That's my OJ, yeah. <laughs> you won't quit with the invitations. <laughs> I, guess I did find it funny that John Gruden is out of the Bucks Ring of Honor and OJ Simpson remains in the Buffalo Bills Ring of Honor. Well, I think Brad has a joke about this. The Bucks are like... You know, our moral code as an organization just says we can't have you in here. Meanwhile, Buffalo's like dudes getting thrown through tables. Well, oh, fuck it. Leave OJ in there. Brad, when you uh, stopped me in the middle of a joke and told the same joke, <laughs> was that about, was that that you saw AJ doing that and you thought it was just part of the pregame culture? I just got a little fired up because you uh, were begging for the name. So I just jumped in. I thought I had to finish the whole thing, but a little ahead of myself there. Begging for the name, Norm oh, McDonald. You don't think I knew Norm McDonald's name? I didn't know who the who won the Heisman. The that's year what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. What does that have to do? Like that's a placeholder to the joke. It wasn't like saw green and went, <laughs> but it wasn't green. I know. <laughs> it was so red. Yeah, it was red. <laughs> All right. Any other games? Towering yep. Inferno, Capricorn One, both good movies. O.J. Simpson. Oh, I mean. Jesus. The Naked Gun. Naked Gun. Oh, there you go. Don't be a snob and just talk about those kind of movies. Oh, like those were really critically <laughs> acclaimed. Eyebrow stuff you're talking about. Listen, uh, OJ, I don't think it's fully been reckoned. I mean, how much 
how, I mean, you remember when he got found not guilty that there was like a joyous ride, not a ride, a joyous uprising or upspringing, wellspring yeah. of like pure elation. So it's like, we can't lose sight. Imagine this. Most people probably thought, you know, there's a chance he's guilty or a pretty good chance. And again, I've said this a few times. I believe that if I would have been on that jury, I would have found him not guilty immediately after the year of the case, meaning it would have not taken deliberation. As soon as you found police tampering and things like that? Yeah, I mean, the minute that you have a cop that, you know, and we won't rehash the whole case, but the minute you That's have a- different a, pod. Yeah, the minute you have a cop who is swearing on, you know, on his honor as a Marine and athlete Bailey's famous cross, and it was like at the time they were like Bailey didn't do anything. It's like oh wow, well, you know here, and they didn't even know at the time they had those tapes. They just figured they're probably somewhere from what they heard about this guy. <laughs> and how can you believe anything he says at that point? Yep. Right? It's like when you lie on the stand as a, <clears throat> a, a authority. I believe the following: if you lie about a crime, you should do the same time that the person would have done if they went to jail. Ooh. Right. Like, you're trying to put that on someone else? Yeah. You like that, don't you? That's pretty hardcore. What well, is it, though? The hardcore is lying about a no, murder. No, that is hardcore, too. But, yeah, that's a uh, – I bet you'd get a lot less lying on the stand. So Mr. Shapiro, Mr. Cochran, Mr. Douglas, Mr. Kardashian, Mr. Bailey. I thought you should have played only in dreams right there. There, there were t- – <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Jew. Okay, okay. I'm not following. No, I'm just saying. I thought it was such a good point. Oh, well, yeah. thank you. Yeah. The. I mean, there's a lot of stuff here. Here's what I'll say. We inter- or I interviewed Oscar Goodman, former mayor of New York, or excuse me, former mayor of Vegas, and Oscar was a serious attorney. He wasn't some kind of was an attorney for a while. You know, Spilantro, who was, uh, you know, from the movie Casino. He was his best friend. They were friends. They, I think they were godparents to each other's kids. I mean, you know, it was like six years. And, he, you know, he was serious. He told me, he said, he had never, he was not in one case with the government. And every one of his cases eventually was fed, federal. He goes, he wasn't in one case in which the government did not break the law in a way that would have put someone in prison if caught. That every case, they, they cheated that way. Now, I said, I did. I said, I double-took. I go, come on, Mayor. I go, you, you most cases. No, he goes, every single one. I say, is he lying? I mean, so when, when that's the given that the cops are going to lie when it's convenient, when they think it's justified, if the feds are going to do that, the whole system breaks down. And, and to me, the whole OJ case was about the black community in LA, which again, obviously a lot of trouble with the LAPD. Yeah. And it's like, finally a black guy had the resources to make them look small because that's what it is. You have a public defender. You don't have a pay lawyer. As they say on the wire, you're going to get, it's over. Forget about it. My cousin Vinny. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) There you go. Joe Pesci brings it back around. (laughs) Go ahead. No, I was 
I thought you were done. No, I was just going to make the last point, which is so. But now you have Marsha Clark, you got Darden. I mean, I watched every day of the trial. I was in between college and my net in Vegas, so I was hunkered in. Like I was like, I got to go home. Edo's about to call the session, <laughs> and, and I'll tell you right now, there's one YouTube that has every day of the trial in full up, and um, I was rewatching some of it about a year ago. It, it it is it was amazing. It was amazing. I mean, it was like something to see. But my last point would be finally a, a black guy had the resources to make the LAPD and the prosecutors look bad because they didn't do anything illegal. Like meaning the 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 dream team followed the law, but they did it better than Marsha Clark. Yeah. So to me, in a weird way, if OJ were innocent, it wouldn't have been a celebration for that community. The fact he probably was guilty and he got off was the celebration. But on to the last, oh, we have any more games? We got yep. two more games. Let's go Sunday night football. What do you got on that? Uh, Seahawks plus five at Steelers. What a game. What a game. Lots of offense. This one's a pass for me. Pittsburgh is flat in these spots. Typically I, you can say, how could they be with the record? They are. They just gave an all in last week, but I don't want to Geno Smith. I'm not allowed batting him. I promised my mom. <laughs> I'm going to go with the West Coast biorhythms here. I'm going to play a derivative here. We haven't had any derivatives. Second half, Seattle, as it gets later in the game, I think Pittsburgh gets too conservative in these spots, and I think Seattle, second half, is my bet. Mm. I, I lean to Seattle. Geno Smith, here. I'm not allowed. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what's keeping me. He did me. so well with 202 remaining when he turned it over, costing me millions on my teasers. Thousands, correction. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't have a lot of faith in this. So. All right, next game. Monday Night Football, Bills minus five and a half at the Titans. What's different about this game than the Chiefs game? That's a good question. The Titans are a, a bad, bad defense. Mm-hmm. Well, well, <laughs> there's a nine-point difference in the spread. Okay. Would the Bills have covered that nine against the Chiefs? Well, wait. The, the Chiefs Bills, are better. The Bills are five and a half against the Titans. The Chiefs are six and a half against Washington. Oh, I was thinking about Bills. Bill, Bills game against Kansas City. It was a, a three? That it yeah. was, the Kansas City was laying three. Yeah. So, so the Bills were getting three, and now they're laying five and a half. Oh, but it's on the road. So they're they're on both the road on the road. Again. So what... What's di- I'm confused at the question. Well, I mean, stylistically between the teams, what is different between what what the Bills should be able to do against this Tennessee defense versus what they were able to do against Kansas City's defense? On offense. Yeah. Okay. So to me, the question comes down to motivation. If the th- this is a typical flat spot, but I think playing on Monday night, I think and I think the Bills are smart enough to be at a certain point you're going to be flat no matter how much you try not to be. I don't know if they're there yet because they had such an easy schedule going up to this game. But the whole offseason was about this win. So, to me, I don't like the Titans. But if you look at motivation, I think you've got to look at the Titans. If you look at quality of team, you got to go with Bills. I pass. If the Bills' next three weren't Dolphins, Jags, Jets, I would think this could be a spot where they just kind of roll it out there. But it feels like they've almost got three bye weeks but, coming well, up. But that's the thing. Dolphins are in, in division. They're never thinking like that. Right, and they don't think three weeks ahead of time. I don't believe. I I do think this that I wanted. To, I was thinking about betting the Titans, and then I saw the post game um, interview, and I was very impressed with Josh Allen. And essentially, he said, "You know, last time I checked, 
we have four wins. I don't think four wins is going to get us into the playoffs. We got to be lip ready. Service. Yeah, it's the right lip service, though. You got a pick here. I have no pick. I will lean. To, I'll lean to the dog because usually on Monday Night Football, you're going to get all kinds of derivatives and bargains, especially I, after the Bills look so good on the last primetime game. I'll have a derivative here. Okay. By the way, Buffalo by week seven. So they got. Uh, oh, they get a buy, and then the Dolphins. Yeah. Okay. Oh well, that makes me not like Buffalo. I could see them already making plans for their outing. You know, for, for Monday Night Football. I think if anything, it's like one more week, then we get a break. See, it's mm. it's hard to tell. I like Buffalo team total, uh, which will probably be thirty. Uh, hold on, hold on now. I want to address this game because it's a Monday Night game. So I think this is kind of a pull back the curtain situation where. What happens typically with these team totals is it's all by road. It gets set based upon what's the spread, what's the total, and we'll calculate, hey, 29.5 should be the team total for the Bills on a game if it was Sunday. But because it's Monday night, the books always take money on the favorite to go over, and they know this. So what happens is inevitably they wind up dealing it in a half point to a point higher than what the math says, and instead of getting a 29 or a 29 half, oftentimes you get a 30 and a half. So there just is very rarely value to take the ultra public team on Monday night football to go over their team total. Is that the, is that different than Sunday night football or Thursday night football? No, all three of those would qualify, but Monday night football, it being the only game and people have an all day to bet it. It is an extreme example. Cause that was one of, that was probably my, the, one of the things I made them. It's in fact, the, the only thing I made good money on last week was betting the Bills team total over against the Chiefs, and it was 28 and a half, and it was never really in doubt. And what on what, Sunday night? Football. And what's interesting on that Sunday night football game is that Kansas City. What my play on that game that I actually sold was Kansas City to go under 30 and a half because that was an inflated total based upon Kansas City being the favorite team on a primetime game. The question is this: I think. NFL, I, I I believe, is a contrarian sport, whereas there's so much public money, the way to win or the way to lose I, or the way to make it harder to win, at minimum, is playing the public sides. And sometimes the public sides are right. I mean, just statistically, they're going to be right a lot of the time. Um, let's say 50%. The question is, is if it's a pure coin flip, and I'm not saying it is, but if it were, you're probably going to win 48.5% because you're paying that little extra premium. So now if you want to get to 52.4 to break even, if you go from 50 to 52.4, okay, 2.5 percentage points, right? Yes. Do you like this approach? Or I, I do, yes. Now let's say you play the contrarian side, like the Texans. Now you're probably at 51, 51 and change before you even get started. Like in general, if you just play the the dog poopiest games or sides, you're gonna be win about 51%. You agree with that? I do. So now I got a handicap, let's say 1.4% to break even. But if you go and you're at 40, let's say that you're at um, 49%. Let's keep it simple. Now you got to go 3.4. Yes. So it's like, all, it's like triple as much edge you got to find, in my opinion. And you might find those edges on occasion. It's just harder to find. And there's a second factor. All this discussion's assuming one line, the market line. 
we're saying that the market line, this is a 49% on the square side or, or, or on the public side, 51%, all things being equal over 100 trials. But now let's remove this market. Let's, let's go to the universal market, being able to shop. Let's look at a total, for instance. It's a high-scoring game. It's at 56. You're always going to be able to find a 57. You're never going to find a 55 on a high total like that. So you can pick up even more increments by playing stuff like the ultra-public high-scoring team, team total under. You're never going to get a bargain on the over. Especially if you're able to play at places like Bovada or, or exactly. any of the squares to the square shops because they are. And, and again, okay. So that Monday, you, like you guys are saying, the Monday night game specifically, or especially more than the rest, is where you're going to be punished for this. I mean, with with these when these numbers come out at the beginning of the week, do they already say like, okay, this is Monday night, so we can juice it up extra already, or does that come with the, when the public money starts pouring in? Fez made a point I've never really made before. It's a it's really a good one, which is he's not talking about let's say the baseline being higher for Buffalo. He's talking about the conversion that when you take the derivatives that are derived from the spread, they're going to err towards because they know the market for this game is more public than a typical market. Oh, look, it, it, let's say it equates to either 30 or 30 and a half or 31, wherever that number is, they're going to err towards 31. So you're not only getting an inflated line, you're getting almost like a convert. It's almost like trying to change money at a strip club in Mexico. You might not get as many pesos back because they're taking like a 7% commission or something. I've never been to Mexico city and got in trouble, but, but, is that correct, Fess? Yes, they round up on all these numbers. If they had to choose between a team total of 28 or 28 and a half, so it's a Monday screwed, night game. You're getting screwed twice. You're getting yeah. screwed on the number being inflated and the conversion going against Exactly, you. because the initial number, the spread and the total, is probably already slightly inflated. And then when they do the, the, the I like that, the currency conversion, they charge you more for that as well. And so it's just too much of a hurdle to, in most cases to get by. All right, and I concede. You guys talked me out of it. And the four, and here's the thing: the forty-nine versus fifty percent. If you play, let's say, neutral games versus, because every game doesn't have a side that's skewed. If you play the neutral game or if you play the square side, you're talking about one game out of a hundred games, right? That it's going to fall yeah, in right? that number, and thus it's almost imperceptible. Like watching it, you can't really tell that it's happening, but over the course of tens of thousands of bets in a lifetime or for a bookie who's got a lot of action it's that one percent well it's like i think you've said before like if if you give me a penny i give you a penny you give me eventually you take two every tenth time it starts to it starts to pile up i mean you think about it if 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 bill gates and i were going at it for a dollar a coin flip but if he gave me a dollar and a penny and i gave him a dollar and it was a fair coin i would have all his money eventually Eventually. I, i he could not not go broke and now you would want to use cali to make sure you didn't hit ruin i, I was going to say at some point you start betting a hundred thousand to pop well, that would be the yeah, key, right? then then he gets all your money 99.9 percent of the time yes and that, and that would be the thing if if bill gates went up to fez and said all right what's fez is that worth and well, let's just guess seven million dollars so it's like okay fez i'll give you plus 150 on a coin flip oh it sounds great mr gates but You've got to bet half your net worth every coin flip. Fez is guaranteed to go broke. He can't beat him. So you think about it, the return, the, the positive EV is only if you don't go broke, because, you know, which is off subject here, but...
Yeah, and, and you know, there's some real high level stuff when it comes to you know bankroll management. Like, what if your bankroll is replenishable? So you're working, you have a job, you got five thousand to bet on sports. Well, you're like, yeah, I can lose the five thousand. I can always just re up. So then you can bet more than Kelly if that's the consideration. But if truly you got to stop betting the rest of your life if you lose that five thousand, then you better adhere to Kelly. If you're win, if you're a winner. Yeah. Last thing, AJ, because I think listen, I think you've learned. You've always understood the uh, on the college side. You understand a lot more than me about the handicapping for sure. Um, in the NFL, you're mighty good. I think it's like we've been talking about. It's the execution on the bets, but I also think it's the market. Is I here's the thing. If you ask yourself the following two things, well, maybe this is the last thing I'll say, and we'll pick it up next week. Is if you're playing the public side. And it's not the old Notre Dame, Yankees, Lakers. It's not, I'm talking about because someone's hot, because someone's getting attention, because they're in the leading sports center. What's the odds that their growth is actually beyond what Barney at the bar thinks? Barney at the bar is not a nuanced thinker. <clears throat> and if he sees uh, Carolina do well, 3-0, he's thinking, damn, Sam Darnold really was good. What's the odds that they're better than that? That, that the Bills are actually better? They're, they're not only the best team, they're not the Super Bowl favorite, they just killed the Chiefs. And, 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 and what's the odds that they're even better than that? Probably less than 50%. They have to be, though, to then say at the premium. you know. And that's my point. Sometimes you're right. In fact, I think more times than not you're right. The question is, is the price right for being right. And I think if the public agrees with you, they tend to overreact. The public- By example, my power ratings make this Monday night game four and a half. Now I have the Bills the number one team in the NFL. I've got them rated higher than Tampa Bay. They can't get any higher, okay, in terms of ranking one to 32. Now, like RJ said, maybe they're actually a really elite team and they should be eight points better. Then you got some value, but it's much more likely Maybe but the bills are only. Maybe you have some value if the market doesn't think they're eight points better. Yes. Right. Yes. So that's the whole point. You might say they're six and a half. Maybe they are eight. But if the market's pricing them at eight, where's the, where's they the have value? to be ten points better? And you know what? And then they could be. But now all of a sudden you have to be like so good in your assessment of the bills versus because because Barney and the bar and everyone else is agreeing with you and the tax is so onerous. And last thing, think about it. You have to not only be right to make up the premium, but the premium plus the VIG. You're fighting. Yeah. And, the, and to me, that's why I always ask. And listen, you could say, well, you were bad last week. OK, we've got over three years, five picks a week, 57 percent. It's hard, you know, it's pretty damn good. Second best in the world of anyone that was in the gold. So here's the, I mean, here's the question. Think about moving the line and think about is, could this line go to, uh, I mean, let's just use an example like the Bills, right? Is, could we imagine that it's not only wrong in the public's overreact or underreacted in a way, uh, Maybe the simplest thing to say is, I think you ask yourself, are you buying high? And right now, are the bills, could could the bills be higher? That's the highest that bills have ever been since Marvel yeah. right? Odds are the public's not underreacting to that. Is that a fair way to say That's it? That's very, very well said. 
And they overreact to the bad teams. It's just like if you want to bet Iowa to keep covering, you go right ahead. They're number two in the country. Um, as Colin Cowherd would say, you know, Iowa is the fake ID top five team. Now, maybe at the end of the year, Iowa will actually be the second best team, but it is highly unlikely. So the reason why I liked it, and listen, you guys have made really good points here. Is there not an inverse to that where, like last week, I, I don't think people realize just how bad the Chiefs were defensively. Because the Chiefs are an elite team. People don't think of it like that. But the that. Chiefs and the Bills, I don't think that, that either team was necessarily public. I, I know Bills got money, but it's like that was because of the situation. Or I, I I don't feel like that. He, I mean, think about it. Both teams got money. Line yeah. was three, went to two and a half, went back to three. And to me, at two and a half, I like Kansas. Listen, I don't think I played Kansas City one time last year. Not one time. I've played them like three times this year. I think they've, they've gotten cheap. Well, maybe... They're not cheap enough. There was a lot of data that said, you know what, Chiefs are crappy against the spread, but if you'd been laying two and a half, you would have been just fine. And, and I'll tell you this. If you look who I played this week, Jacksonville, Houston, you seeing a trend? Yeah. Now, I listen, sometimes I'm going to stay away with those teams, but and, – and I will say one last thing, Fez. We are – we got to see the spots where we do lay. I mean, just dog or pass – is just not the way to That's do. That's why I'm on. I'm happy I'm on Green Bay. Maybe it's, it looks square, but you know what? I'm I'm looking for situations to play the square side, the rare cases. Because the duct tape shoe guys are the ones that are just dog or pass. And I like that you are sometimes like I actually considered Minnesota last week, and obviously the market did. I mean, they it wasn't just the public batting that up. It was the wrong pick. I didn't play it, but it was the wrong pick. But I was thinking about it. I love laying a big number because I so rarely do it. I think I'm like 30%. You, you know, back in the late 90s, I'll share this story with you. There was a parlay card that they they rounded all the numbers upwards, and these numbers were square high anyways. The and payouts. I, the, not the payouts, oh, the, the, the spreads. spreads. The right-hand side is all the underdogs. And I literally told an associate, I said, until I get there, I'd already seen the card. I said, I want you just to play even numbers. The dogs play six-teamers. They pay 54 for one. Just start filling out random six-teamers, taking even numbers, and randomize all the even numbers. And then we'll, we'll when I get there, we'll go ahead and you know do some more stuff. But get started without me. Just play even numbers. How'd it go? He won. Yeah. <laughs> it's really not like that anymore, is it? No. <laughs> Any closing thoughts, AJ? No, I appreciate you. I appreciate the lesson is what I will say. Does it uh, does it resonate? Absolutely, absolutely. Hi right, boys, good stuff. Hey, I listen. AJ's it feels like he's learning this stuff so fast. I mean, where's he going to be a year from now? Well, I'm going to show him what a factorial is right now. <laughs> well, by the way, to end the show, Diamond Dave Essler has a pick. We, we'll let him end the show. It's on the Dallas-New England game. It's on the total. Diamond Dave, they call him Uncle Dave and Diamond Dave. You figure that out. Talk to you next week. I love and bet the Dallas-New England under 50 points this weekend. You know, look, I know the Patriots is underdogs at home, nationally televised game. Hmm. I wish Dallas had a big game next week so I could try to find a way to take the points, but they have a bye week. The question here is wondering if Belichick and New England can bring the energy they had against Brady and the Bucks a couple weeks ago. They didn't want a shootout against Tampa Bay, and they didn't get one. They don't want a high-scoring game here. I don't think they're going to get one. Mills shredding the Patriots last week was the outlier. Houston threw everything at New England. 
and just caught them flat-footed. The Patriots still won the game. New England's defense, they're legit. They're fourth in points per play allowed, so I'm going to come to their defense literally. Teams have had some success running against Dallas. New England doesn't want to test Trevon Diggs with anything deep, especially Jones just not throwing the ball deep, which is borne out by the fact that they're 26 ranked in yards per pass. This total is up from its opener. I think if I took the names off the rotation, you have to bet the under. The Cowboys, look, they're 4-1 to the over with 60-plus points in their last three games. All three of those games at home. So another overreaction. In their last road game, they scored 20 against a marginal at best Chargers defense. New England hasn't seen 49 points in a game yet this season. And this is the same total we had with that Bucks game when everybody assumed Brady would light them up. I think betters are overreacting to Dallas scoring at will and overreacting to Mills throwing for 300 against New England last week. I love and bet New England-Dallas under 50 points.